Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So <laughs> SpaceX, here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Yeah, I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's time for Talking Tesla 105. Anybody got anything stupid to say about 105 as an One, age? Or is that joke, please, is that joke done already? I mean, we got, I think it's done. But what I wanted to say is this is the first show of spring. Oh, spring has sprung. Spring do, 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 has do, do, sprung. Do, do. There's some more other words to that tune. Even though it's September 25th, when we're recording the show, it's actually, you know, the third day of spring. How is that possible that it's not fall? Because that's for the Southern Hemisphere. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. Aren't we in the Northern oh, Hemisphere? All you gotta we are... do is call. That's true. And that makes this the first show of fall. So, it's so confusing. He started out. Why didn't he start out in our hemisphere? Do you look, have any idea? It's an idea? international show. <laughs> it's all happening this week in Australia. Yeah, Australia is the focus this week. Uh, Elon's going down there to do some talky talks, and we're going to get to it with some. I wonder letters. why he's going to Australia. Does anybody have any guesses? Uh, because there is the Aeronautical Congress that he's going to talk about Mars. Oh, you don't think it? Do you think Elon, when he went to Australia, he had to bring a pallet? Of fifty million dollars, like just in casers, oh. or do you think that money's wire transfer? Because aren't we coming up upon? I'm sure he's using PayPal. Aren't we coming? <laughs> aren't we coming up upon power pack utility scale yeah, thing? We're gonna deadline. Talk, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Yeah, but first of all, stuff. Tom, yes. you bought a car for your daughter. What did you get? Come on, they, we've been so angsty thinking about so it for you. So my daughter has been driving a 25-year-old Lexus. Killing the planet slowly. is not a great... It's a good car, but it's got some issues. And I was getting a lot of pressure from the family members to buy a new car. And as you know, uh, as, yeah. as a member of the green uh, EV car community, yes. I've always just been like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So her commute, it turns out, to school and back, about 32 miles. Ooh. Approximately 32 Approximately miles. 32 miles. So I needed to buy a vehicle that could use no gasoline mm -hmm. for at least 32 miles a day. I bought a Chevy Volt. That's what Boom. I'm saying. A used nice. Chevy Volt from a lovely car dealership in beautiful Santa Monica, California. Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's lovely. And now yes. I have a decision point. Oh, okay. I have the Lexus. Yes. It's a. It's not pretty. No. Let's be honest with it's... you. It's not a gorgeous vehicle well, anymore guess... after 25 years. If... And it and it has some it has some oil burning issues. It's just one of those things. So I would like to get rid of it. Take it off of the road. I'd like to get a little bit of cash out of it. So I'm going to reach out to the Patreons, and, and this is more of like a Patreon note right now. If I get 50 new Patreons in the next month, Ooh, wow. I will 
have that, I'll just put it to salvage. It'll just get destroyed and not be on the road anymore. And you people who are listening to the show are like, I cannot have an impact on the environment. You can now have an impact on the environment. So they could reduce their carbon. Or right. Our they can buy a carbon, carbon offset right. for themselves because otherwise I'm going to try to sell the thing. I'm probably going to get a grand for it and it's going to be on the road. Yeah. Why don't you just pack it in the front of the house on the grass and just let it rot? Because I don't, I don't want to. Because that's do a that. good look. That's, you not, try that's, it. Not a, that's not a good option. I mean, it is nice to have an extra car in case your Tesla is in the service center getting its four-year yeah, uh, pay insurance service thing. Yeah, but you have to pay insurance, and the insurance on that car is about a thousand bucks a year. Oof. So I want to get rid of that car one way or the other. It's getting sold. Unfortunately, so, it had bad brakes, so I just put a grand into it for a a two-week break period because I had to have. My daughter and son were driving it to school, so I needed to have brakes on it. That That's wasn't... a wise choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So it was gone. money well spent, right? But it, now it's gone. Yeah. I'd like to get it back, and I want to get it back via Patreon through the show. It's not like Mel's going to give me that Patreon no. money. So I'm, no confu- I'm a little confused. Let me just be clear. Yeah. You're saying uh-huh. if 50 Talking Tesla listeners sign up as Patreons, any amount, sign up as new Patreon new listeners, Patreons. you are going to crush the car. That is correct. Can we help crush the car? I don't. I don't think so. Do you own a car crushing machine? I have a sledgehammer. Very strong. My grip strength is huge. <laughs> huge. Now we'll take it to like a wrecker, and yeah. they'll crush it. It'll be gone. It'll Can be we over. Videotape it. Sure, if they oh. let us. I don't know if they let us. I don't know the rules behind car crushing. Should either. you be out of the car when they do that? <laughs> Well, I should be, but if you'd like to sit in the back or front seat, if the two of you would like to, you know what? Maybe you guys could do a show from show the car. From the car. Can you do me a favor? Yeah, sure. Can you really make sure uh-huh. that there are no kittens living in the car when it goes to the crusher? I mean, I'll look under the seats, but I can't make any guarantees. Because that my story to... was that that car? No, I've had a lot of bad cars over the course <laughs> of my lifetime. Uh, because as you guys have heard on this show, I'm not a rich man. If I were a rich man, now tell us about the uh, Volt, uh, what color, what price, what year? It's black, 2014, had about 41,000 miles, so it was beyond its warranty. It was in very nice condition. It's got the cloth interior, doesn't have the navigation. Don't tell me the guy who sold it to you said, you know, it was used by an elderly lady and she just drove it to church every week and really looked after it. No, that's that's actually the Lexus, to be honest with you. That's why that car, that car's 25 years old and as of right now has less than 50,000 miles on it. Whoa. Because it was literally... miles a year, that's the quick math on that. It's not a lot of driving. It was literally owned by a little old lady in Pasadena and I bought it, when I bought it, I bought it for my mom. Well, thankfully, to this point, it has not put a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Oh, I believe that is incorrect. It would be great great to stop it from doing any more. And so, Patreons, it's up to you. And if you think about this show and we get occasionally 40,000 downloads, and I don't know, Mel, how many awesome, amazing Patreons do we have? A couple of dozen? Three dozen? Do you know what the number is? Like a hundred and something. Okay, so that's a lot. So I mean, there's like what I'm a couple if, orders of magnitude If 40,000 people are listening to this show regularly, that's two basketball stadiums full of people. Wow. That's a lot of people. There's a few of you out there 
who want to become Patreons. So here's your chance to be a Patreon and then see a video, Patreon-exclusive video, how about that, of the car being demolished. I think that if you're listening to this show, that you should be saving your money for the inevitable CAT scan and other <laughs> medical therapy that you're going to need. That's a good, you know what? There's that's something a good, wrong with that's it. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, you're making me kind of nervous. Uh-huh, me? yeah. Two basketball stadiums full of people mm-hmm. listening to us right now. Yeah. They're out there. I think I have to go pee. You're going to be fine. Okay. So uh, I want to do a quick shout out before we get going to Green Conceptions uh, in Burbank who are solar installers because uh, they've been uh, working with my CFO. They put up a really nice array on uh, her house. Um, They were going to do the the solar array here, but I completely screwed them. And I'm sorry. You completely screwed them because of the solar roof? Yeah, because we're going to rebuild the thing out there and uh, screwed up all their timing. And uh, look, I just want to say they're great. Thanks. <laughs> and, said, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. So you Green Conceptions Burbank. Wow. Good I just people. have a quick remi- uh, quick announcement. I'm getting a third Tesla. What? Yeah. But didn't we already know that? No. Uh, well, for your I mean, son? Like, You're getting like, a Model 3 like for your more son? recently. Like sooner I should expect. What does this mean? What are you saying? This means that I soon will be getting... A miniature Tesla. You know, the kind you're getting the baby, baby Tesla. Baby Tesla. Why? I want to thank Jason Glarnow, Glarnow, who uh, used my my code, Robert3177. And because of that, I'm getting a Model S mini baby. But then I I think I'm supposed to be getting one of those too, and I haven't received any information from Tesla about it. Well, I guess maybe maybe Jason actually paid for his car, so now I get mine. I Is that with one paid referral? For my referral. That was with one referral. One referral, you get a mini Tesla. And since I don't, nice. I don't have any children at the house, and and I've actually sat in one of these, and I was told when I sat in it that I could actually drive it. It would actually haul my fat buttocks around. But I thought maybe... your buttocks aren't fat; they're tall, but they're not fat. Yeah. Okay. I am pretty heavy, dude. I'm almost 200 pounds. And so this thing's got quite a capacity. I thought the most, the best place to put it would be here maybe at the Mushroom Studio Estates so that we could drive it around the estate when, you know, doing various events. Here's what I'll tell you about the Tesla referral program. It's been six months since I got an email about my suitcase. Yeah. No suitcase. No suitcase. I got the referral that uh, equated me to get this vehicle as well that you're speaking of, the kids' uh, plug-in rechargeable Tesla. Yeah. Still haven't gotten that. Oh, so now you're disappointing me. No, I'm just saying that I think the referral program is like going to the Detroit Auto Show and seeing all of the future EVs that may or may not exist. It doesn't say it's coming in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's vapor. Hey, uh, the other thing we need to do before we get started here is Ken Milm, who's friend of the show, ER Doc, came down to do a little show with us. Patreon. And he's a... Ken, are you giving us money? You're the man. Sweet. He got uh, us some gifts, and he got me some ice wine, Gretzky ice wine, and I got a tear. It's sweet. It's lovely. It's wonderful. Thanks, Ken. And Tom, what did uh, Ken get for you? I got a lovely bottle of white fermented Chardonnay 2015 from the Lincoln Lakeshore. Thank you very much, Ken. Only 2.5 tons per acre, only 480 cases of this wine was made. So Mm. thank you, Kenny. He's fondling it against his breast. And Robert, I think Ken was even most excited about this little puppy. I'm excited to get a fine blended Canadian rye whiskey. 
from Crown Royal. You know, I know rye whiskey's been a big deal of the last few years. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever tried rye it's whiskey. so good. Is it? So good. Yeah, well, I was actually very excited my, to see that. My mouth that. is watering. It should be. Rye is, is amazing. And Kenny is the founding member, the only member, the <laughs> sole member of the Tesla, the Talking Tesla Canadian Caucus. Caucus. So if you're in Canada and you're near Ken, and I have no idea where Ken is, he could be, I mean, Canada's a big country. He could be almost literally anywhere in it at the moment. Uh, give Kenny a call. He's on the Twitter, Ken Milne, uh, and join the, the, the Talking Tesla Canadian Caucus. It's I think exciting. There might be a couple Canadian listeners. We're getting so close that we might have to have a caucus caucus <laughs> where right. all of our caucuses, all the caucuses get, together. get together. Yeah. That's great. So if you're in LA, uh, this coming, oh, I should say October 14th, so it's in a few weeks, yeah. the Tesla Club LA has organized, and this has been in the works for about a year and a half to two years. It's a long time of long negotiating. Time, to go to the, quote, new Peterson Museum. You know, the we quote had new? The it's, new? It's new. No, well, they redid the whole museum. Yeah, but you don't need the quotes. I think that's like a specific thing. If you're, ah, if it's not actually new, saying. you don't need the quote new. So if you don't know the Peterson Museum, maybe when you were a kid like I, and I looked through magazines, lots and lots of car magazines, lots of pictures, they were published by Peterson Publishing. Yep, that's correct. And Peterson Publishing ended up massing a lot of money and ended up, Buying this old department store. Which I used to go to as a kid because yeah. that was my neighborhood. Yeah, I'd go too. with my grandma on the weekends. I did too. And she would take me for like lunch in the yeah. little lunch yeah, room. Yeah, was the best. It was really good. There's a museum on one side. This that LACMA, LACMA on one side was like May Company. Right. And I think this was, I don't. What was it? Was it like Bloomingdale's or? I need to know. Could you really? Could you find? No, you have to look that up on Wikipedia. But anyway, now it's a cool aluminum or steel wrapped car museum. It's got an amazing collection. And the problem with this collection is that something like half of the cars, or maybe even more than half of the cars, cannot be displayed because they don't have enough room. So they stick them downstairs in the basement. Mm. And the Tesla Club is going. They're going to have a cars and coffee at about 830 in the morning to start out. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to be taken into the museum and we are going to do the, quote, vault tour. Mm. I put it in quotes because that's what it's called. And so we're going to go down there and look at the vault tour. There are a few electric cars in there, like an EV1. There's, I think, a 1904 Baker. There's a Fisker. Not quite an electric car, but a partial electric. Your daughter could probably use the Fisker. It could get her to and from her 35 miles. are, Are the Petersons selling the Fisker? I don't think so. For a very inexpensive amount of money. So I've always wanted to go down there. And so we're going to have a catered lunch Mm -hmm. afterwards. If you're in Los Angeles, uh, come on down with your Tesla. You don't even have to have your Tesla. You can just come in. Uh, But it'll be up on the Tesla Club LA website. Just look it up on the uh, internet. 8.30 a.m. October 14th, Peterson Museum. Be there with the Tesla nerds. I'll be there. You'll be there. I might be there. Yeah. Uh, Just to go in the vault. And so uh, uh, I've got to tell you that uh, Jess and Dave Mason are in the house. You know, they're in the Oh, who cares about Jess and Dave? And I've invited them to just at any time, just come on over into the other studio. And just, you know, if there's something we're talking about that you want to just rap about, you come on. Here's Jess right now. Here's Dave. Let's say hi to them. And, oh, they look so good behind the glass. Uh, (laughs) It's like a zoo. Wow, they're so (laughs) loud. They're so loud, those two. Oh, they're so. Because I'm all up on my mic. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, guys, um, 
I've got a quick question for you because we talk about this a lot. You drive a long distance, so let's talk a little bit of autonomy. How are you finding the auto driving steering thing? Because Robert and I have been whining about it. We need a third opinion. I'm pretty happy with it. There's times where it freaks out where it can't recognize the lines in the roads, for example. Or, th- you know, there's this one part in my route home from work um, that I have to turn it off because if I don't, then all of a sudden it basically slams on the brakes for no reason. So I just have to know that part. I have to turn it off at that part. But but on the highway, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a couple points on the 14. Is that what we take? 99. Mm-hmm. Sorry. 14 is off. Yeah. Which is the, the big 99. freeway between Fresno and LA. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a couple points where I, I almost, I, I don't know how to prove that this even happens, but I feel like it's the shadow of the overpass that makes the car jump back a little or break. I think I think you're right. I think it's these contrast things. We've talked about it a number of times. I think it's this. If you've got a lot of contrast, the car freaks out. So there's independent. It's a third group saying it's still not sputtery smooth. It's still got issues. No. So please be safe. I think the bottom, bottom line is keep your hands near the wheel. Oh, you know what else Always. I've found is sometimes um, my hands are on the wheel. I don't just like, I don't know. Like, Not like me. I don't just just hands in the air like a roller coaster. With my hands in the air, but you know, oftentimes it thinks that my hands are not on the wheel, and then I'm like, no, I'm holding onto the wheel, and then I don't know what to do. I like grip the wheel harder, or I give it a little bit of a wiggle, and it still like doesn't recognize that my hands are on the wheel. Maybe so you're a ghost. Hey, Never thought I, about that. Since we're all together, I've got it's another possible. question for you. So when you take over autopilot, let's say you're, it's in autopilot and you grab the steering wheel and you need to make a maneuver, do you find that the car does a gigantic swerve or if you like you try and pop it out of autopilot, the car goes, woo, yeah. way over the side? Yeah. It's kind yeah. of that going maybe, from, maybe human, going from uh, autonomous driving to human driving is often associated with a big swervy, uh, drunken mm. yeah, event. Like you really got to jerk the wheel yeah. to get it out of autopilot. Why can't you just turn it off with the button? Can I, just I guess you could do that. I do that a lot, too. Sig- I turn it off. I mean, that seems like the smarter yeah, way to I go. Apparently, <laughs> it's just well, sig- no, I mean, you're taking over because it's like crossing a line or, you know, it's doing something that you feel is dangerous. I just suggest taking the stick, your uh, cruise control stick, and flicking it forward, right. and it all turns off. The problem with using the steering wheel mm. to turn off autopilot is it turns off lane control or lane assist, but it does not turn off the adaptive cruise control. Cruise control right. So you can think you've turned it off, and then the car in front of you moves away, and all of a sudden, vroom, you're taken off. Have you done that on the off-ramp? Because I've done that. I've taken it out of cruise control by whipping the wheel around. Not realize that it's still got cruise control speedy going. I get off the off-ramp and it's speeding up, boom, to 75 miles an hour. I've done it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing that I found with, the, with autopilot, because I feel like on the highway, for the most part, it's pretty good. But I get real nervous with motorcycles. Do you guys feel that way? Like, it just doesn't see motorcycles very well? It doesn't see them very well at all, especially when they're lane splitting. Yeah. And then they come by and punch your side. You want to know what makes me nervous? (laughs) That autopilot's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) People are are using it to drive down the freeway. People have paid $8,000 for it, and it's it's pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) I don't know. It's pretty good. Hardware One sees motorcycles very well, renders them as pretty little pictures. 
Hardware 1 is still better than Hardware 2 so for motorcycles. When we get to Hardware 3 or 2.5 or whatever it is, are we going to be waxing? Uh, are, are they making them worse as they go along? Is that their plan? So Hardware 2.5 is going to look amazing next to, you know, Hardware 4? Well, at least they're not going to cha- completely change the sort of architecture and go to AMD or anything like oh, that. Oh, what? That's not going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, we should talk about that. But, you know, we are getting pretty close to the LA to New York City run. Are we? Which will be, we are, I don't know. I, the latest I've heard now is January. Oh, that's that's later than it was. But you know what's got to happen? 2020. 2020. <laughs> you know what has to happen between now and then? It has to work? They need to turn on a couple more cameras. Oh. And when they do, it will like work again. the rear-facing camera... Maybe we'll get a little recognition of those motorcycles and life can be a little bit more relaxed and Hopefully. chill. I feel like when autopilot's on also that at least our car, it has a little bit of a crush on semis. When we pull up to ah. them, it gets really <laughs> close to them. It wants to give it a nice little hug or kiss or something. And that's when I have to sort of jerk it away. Maybe it's drafting. Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to do something for the environment. It's, it's like I can I can get an extra five miles of range if I tug up nice and tight to this semi. True that. It's upsetting. All right, well, we're going to continue on. You guys can feel free to uh, stay and play or just jump in whenever you want because it's an extraordinarily long show. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Oh, so let's figure out a way to make it longer. Good idea, buddy. <laughs> two more. Nicely done. All right. Thanks. I'm out. Uh, okay, let's talk about, um, well, before we start, Oh, my goodness. Hey, Google, what's Tesla's stock price? Tesla stock is trading at $348.06 per share on NASDAQ as of 11.36 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, down 0.86% from last Friday. So uh, it's crashing. It's okay, Robert. <laughs> it's not crashing. <laughs> well, it was this 380 or 390. Now but it's 340. Is, it's crashing. This is the problem Huge. with watching the stock price, well, weekly yeah. or and or daily, uh, buy and hold. Don't buy. Watch it every day like it's going to drive you crazy and hold. So are you saying that if you decide to watch it on a weekly or a daily basis, you really should increase your lithium dose? Yeah. Good one. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. It's just <laughs> not a. It's just not a good idea. You should be if you're going to invest in something. You should invest in the long term, and you should have hopes that it's going to work for you over four years, five years, ten years. So, Model Three is a car that's coming. I don't what? know if you've heard about it. Some people have been talking about it. Do you have any information about? It? Like, what can you tell us about the Model Three uh, that we? Like, well, I don't know actually, anything about it. We have a lot of information. Let's oh, starting with what Robert found on Reddit. And then a video, which is pretty cool. Go. Is that where you read it? I read it on Reddit. Good. That's where a couple of really uh, – I, I envy these guys who know computer code and can read the stuff, the HTML. And so one guy figured out that on the Tesla website, I think his, his Reddit name is U forward slash Insini. I, I don't know. You insane. You insane. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what he's trying to say. Anyway, he finds code that describes a – it's like a picture of a Tesla Model 3 body, Mm -hmm. and it has a color. But it's without wheels. It's been like Photoshopped so that they could basically flip colors onto it and flip wheels onto it. And lo and behold, it becomes the Model 3 
configurer. It's the Model 3 of your dreams. Exactly. And so then a few other guys jumped on it, or gals, and they figured it all out. And now we have a list of pictures that show the Model 3 in all the colors that it'll likely be available Mm. with the wheel combinations. Mm. And this tells us that the Model 3 configurator is imminent for those of us non-employees. Remember, the employees had their own configurator, but it was really bare bones and basic. But this one shows us that it's going to look just like the Model S and the Model X configurator, and I'm holding my breath. <gasps> but it must have been similar to the employees. They must have had some options. No, we saw on, on uh, Tesla Rati. We love those guys. That uh, the the employees really had very basic. They had a couple little like these little swatches, these circular swatches with the paint color. Mm-hmm. They had the two wheels. You got it, you know, with the battery and all this other stuff. And boom, that was it. It was it was really bare bones. Yeah. You couldn't play around with it. Yeah. But now uh, it looks like the website that you can play around with is coming soon. Both of the wheels are now starting to grow on me. I'm liking the sport wheels with the white. It looks lovely, mm-hmm. but I'm also kind of liking the color of the aero wheels, especially if you can pop that little plastic guy oh. off, replace the lug nuts. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about this the other day. What if you took those lug nuts or, and or replaced them with some cool like red Tesla red Ooh. lug nuts, and then you had little red lug nuts in the center and, and, and it, a little red Tesla badge right there in the middle. Yeah. That'd be pretty baller on those arrows. I bet you somebody who does aftermarket is going to have a kit for that Can very they soon. send those to me? That would be awesome. It turns out if you take off those aero wheels, you get a 50%, 50% reduction in um, uh, the ability to drive, uh, what's it, range? 50% reduction. <laughs> wow. Use your words, Mel. Use your words. 50% reduction. Is that Are you not, still going to take them that's off? That's not accurate. No, that's a complete lie. We up. still have no idea what it no. is. But I wonder if people will put them all back on if it turns out to be something significant. Again, the, the original goofy-looking Tesla aero wheels were supposed to save you somewhere between 6 and 10%. That's a lot. That's 10% a lot. I mean, if you're trying to make, you know, your cabin up in the mountains and you're not sure if that last 10 miles you're going to be pushing or driving, that makes a difference. But I could put up with some serious ugliness for another 30 miles of range. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. Well, you could put skirts on your car. I did that once. It looked so uh, different that people ridiculed me for never, nonstop. I I've been ridiculed all my then. life. I don't care. We could have ridiculed you some more. So what's this thing about the Tesla window sticker controversy? There was a a tweet this week from Tesla Roddy showing the window sticker. And Mm -hmm. on this window sticker, there was a a final price of around $55,000. And there was no $5,000 indicator for the premium upgrades package. Right? So that Mm. means whoever bought the – in my opinion – in other people's opinion, it means something different. But in my opinion, it means whoever purchased this car was not forced to buy the $5,000 premium upgrades package. Nobody's forced to buy that. It, well, it's a, it's, first off, it's a, it's a car that was built. And yeah. so they said all of the current production cars needed the bigger battery and this premium upgrades package. That's not words I made up. That's words that they said that's what the first production cars were going to have on them. Do we know if all the cars have the premium package or is it possible they let some out 
Without this it. is what I don't know, right? Yeah. So if you look at this thing on Twitter, it's not on there. A bunch of people have said on the Twitter also, because I asked Elon, hey, does this mean that empl- – I thought maybe this is an employee car, right? It's car 312 on the VIN, and I thought maybe that maybe the employees weren't having to do the premium upgrades package or something else. So I asked Elon, hey, at Elon – does this mean that the employees don't have to pay for the premium upgrades package? Other people responded. He did not. Uh, what? He did oh. not respond. But other people were like, I know these people and the they the premium upgrades package, they paid for it, but it's not listed on the sticker. Now, I think that is against the law, hmm. actually, uh, from the research that I did into window stickering. Uh, the window stickers are required on all new vehicles. Is that like it's pay for play? I don't know what that means. You're saying that Tesla broke the law? No, I don't I don't know Did what I'm saying. I'm say saying that this what what I don't know is is I you know, people said that these people bought the premium upgrade package and it's just not listed on the window sticker. That's not supposed to be how this works. I would like to hear from Tesla how is this working? Does this car not have the premium upgrades package? Because People are like, no, they paid for it, but it's not in the sticker price as well. Like, so it's not an invisible five thousand dollars. It's a long range model, mm. and it has all the other stuff listed: a, a color paint, the sport wheels for fifteen hundred, the autopilot, the enhanced autopilot has all those things, and it and it adds up to not the amount of money that it would be if you added the premium upgrades package. You, you want a deal? I got a deal for you. <laughs> you can't pass this deal up. So Tesla, uh, all of this to say, and um, you know, Tom may have just called out Tesla for doing something nefarious, but all this to say is that we think that the Model 3 configurator is going to go live soon, do we not? Although yes. for the Model X, the configurator came out in batches. I don't remember how they did it regionally or whatever, but it, they didn't just sort of like, here it is to the world. They did it for, to a few people at a time. Right. When you got your Model X reservation, because me and you had Model X reservations, I think yours was ahead of mine, but your configurator opened a few weeks ahead of mine. Mine opened and I had a heart attack and got my money back because it was very <laughs> expensive. But that sort of, it didn't just wasn't like, everybody into the bull all at one time. That, that will only give us more reason to have letters and articles and stuff to talk about on the show because people are going to be pissed off that Joe got it in California, but Aaron in Arizona did not. Well, Aaron in Arizona, it's okay. He's always complaining. From this article, though, in Electric, I liked what it said. And they said here, Tesla is expected to introduce more options for the vehicle like the non-premium interior and the standard battery pack, which is expected to go into production in November. Right. So I think what's going to happen is the configure. There, there's 400,000 people that have reservations or, right. or 400,000 plus, or, right? Yeah. And they're going to open the configurator West Coast to East Coast, a few at a time to kind of get a gauge. And people are going to decide, do I want my car in that first run of of production vehicles October to November by buying the premium upgrades package, by buying the extended battery, or am I just going to order my car without the with a premium package, without the bigger battery, buy the no autopilot, get the $35,000 car, and, and just wait for it for when Tesla gets it out to me. That, like, that's going to be an option. You, that doesn't mean once it comes out, you have to cancel your reservation because you're not going to get it in the first three months. You're no, just going to be able to 
to configure the vehicle as you wanted. And that's going to be based on when you made your reservation. And then you're going to be put in a new line based on your configuration of when you're going to get your car delivered. So Clean Technia has an article here, which was really interesting. And so I clicked on this and it was Model 3 delivery in Texas. So a Model 3 got to Texas. Whoo, I think it was in Austin. And uh, so it showed the internal, uh, the inside of the vehicle. It showed them going through the widescreen device and everything. And then I went back about two hours later, it had been taken down. Dun, dun, dun. Somebody was not happy with it. But then what happened, Teslarati has a video from uh, OCD Detailing. So this uh, detailing group had not just an S and an X, but they had a three and they had them all lined up and they were going to detail this three. And they go through a really in-depth review of what the car looks like outside and in. And it's still up as far as I'm aware. And they aren't just detailers. They do wrapping. So they were having this car so they could tint the roof and do some wrap. They were going to do a full wrap on it as well. But they show the, the car better than I've ever seen anybody do. Very detailed. Comparing to the S. Yeah. Uh, the size, uh, how the door handles work. They open the trunk. The trunk, how big it is. For the first time, I'm like, oh, that is quite a big Very trunk. Very big trunk. There's a lot of junk you could put in that trunk for 100% <sighs> sure. Boom. They show the panoramic glass uh, on the top at yeah. the back. Looks fantastic. He gets in the back seat, right? He Looks gets comfy. in the front seat. Yeah. He shows off the console, which has so much spacious places for things to go. I was driving my wife's yesterday on the way to curling, and there's no place at all to put anything in that car. It's uh, it's not as utilitarian as the Model 3. What I liked from the video was that every door has a pocket Now, when I'm cleaning my car and I get OCD myself about cleaning the car, you know, taking all the stuff out of those pockets and cleaning out the pockets and the spilled bits and such, that's kind of a pain. But Mm -hmm. it's awfully nice to be able to just throw a map or throw, you know, a newspaper or something in that side pocket. Yeah, an old apple and some banana. I like that. Another great thing (laughs) I saw for the first time, lighted vanity mirrors. What? Worth the price of admission right there. I, I actually it. had never even considered that those didn't exist. Yeah. I didn't spend a lot of time in the vanity mirror for yeah, obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. Me either. Because you're not vain? Uh, yeah, that's the No, reason. he knows what he looks like, Robert. <laughs> I've given up. And so do I. Hey, the thing that I really liked is that he said this. You could easily fit four sets of golf clubs in that uh, trunk. We'll see about that, Herbert, won't we? And there's a small hermetically sealed frunk for your shoes. He did make a very funny joke, I thought. He's like, look at the frunk on the Model S. You could put a dead body in there, no problem. Uh, It's not going to happen in the Model 3. (laughs) Yeah. Carry-on bag, that's all you need in there. Yeah. That's all right. So it looked fantastic, and the center console looks good. And he's a guy with a lot of experience who drives a lot of high-end cars, and he was saying that he felt that the internal dimensions of this car was way better than the similarly priced uh, BMW. Yeah. And he'd just driven a Porsche, a really high-end Porsche, which he liked. And he said there were knobs on the inside of this car everywhere, which is kind of cool. But also, there are no knobs in the Model 3, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Different strokes. And so, uh, just to be clear, it's OC detailing. Yes. Not OCD detailing. Correct. (laughs) And I thought that's a great plan words. The guy really strikes me as somebody who is a little OCD and that's who I'd want to have detailing and wrapping and coating my car. He, um, you don't want the guy that goes, eh, it's good enough. Yeah. (laughs) I just cut that corner. What did you guys think about the credit card thing? So what my initial impression was that you could just have the credit card with you 
If I have that credit card in my wallet and I walk up to the car, it's going to let me open the door. You have to swipe the B-pillar. I have to swipe it every yeah. time? That's annoying. Well, it's it's near field. And then you have to put it in the cup holder or very close right. to the cup holder Is to that get the car not started. annoying? Do you not find that to be irritating? Like as opposed to now the fob, I take the fob, it's in my pocket, I walk up, I can open the door. Well, and then I can get in the car and the the car will start or I put the fob in the – I usually, because the fob is a little bulky, I put it in the little center console tray that we have and it just kind of sits there. I do the same and then I forget and then I go off to the mall <laughs> yeah. and come back two yeah. hours later. I'm like, oh, crap, is my uh, car still there? Oopsie. Yeah. Well, you know, it does get rid of those nefarious folks who use repeaters to get your car to open and roll Not a problem. without you around. Really? Come on. How often does that happen? But it's at, the same, at the same time, it's, it's going to be in the Model 3 app, which has now been updated. Have yes. you updated your Model right, 3 but app? So okay. then am I going to have Are to the, walk up I'm to sorry. my car and turn it on my app no. and open the door? I think your phone is going to communicate through Bluetooth with your car. So when you walk up to your car with your phone, it will open. You can then flip open the app and do whatever you want to your car. Open the trunk if that's your gig or turn on the AC. But it, it's for the owner. You have the that you have the app on your phone. Your wife mm-hmm. could also have the app on her phone. And when she gets in the car, the seats will move to her setting. Mm-hmm. The AC vents will move to her if settings. They ha- if you have the premium package. True. Only if you have the premium package. And we've talked about this in the past. The Tesla Bluetooth, very powerful. If you just go near the car, it'll it'll grab your phone just walking by it. So that leads me to think that is probably the way that I will use it. Sure. I don't love the idea of having the because of what I would like to do. Can I keep the card in my wallet? Because this is yeah. what I would do. I would keep the card in my wallet. I would walk up and I would probably wave my wallet in front of the car. Somebody would run by and grab my wallet, but the car would be unlocked at that point. And I'd get inside and now I can't start the car if I don't have my phone with me. Uh, but just kidding. I still have my wallet and then I just put it in the center console and that will be enough to start the car. That's how I'll have to work that. I think the card you're going to be giving to the valet, and it worries me that the card doesn't have like a little hole and a ring, because mm-hmm. most valets hang, hang it. it on a little rack of hooks, right? And they put it in, or they put a tag on it, like when you go to service, right? Because there's so 45 Teslas. Are they? What if there's 45 white Teslas, and all the cards are going to look the same? Are they going to have? They're not going to have the license plate aftermarket. Number. I can see huge aftermarket for your thing here. What about an Apple Watch or an Android Watch thing so I can just wave my watch at the car and start it? Mm, I hope that? that. Does the Tesla app work on your watch currently? No. I might now, but there's actually there's the, the other question. Tesla Thank app you. that we can use. So let's talk about Model 3 range. What? Although, go check out that video. It's very good. If you really want to have a great look at what the Model 3 looks like, go and check that out. It's on Teslarati. Teslarati. Now, here's another article by Teslarati uh, by Gene, who is, uh, as we know, writes a lot of stuff. So Hi, thank Gene. you, Gene. Uh, personal hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, buddy. Good one. Uh, thanks. I'm okay. sure he loves that. Did we talk about this? What? About the EPA rated range of the Model 3. And if you do some math about nope. the numbers that they gave to the EPA, that the Model 3 actually has a range of 334 miles. And they have, Tesla has voluntarily said, no, no, we're going to say it's got 310 miles. And... Some people have suggested they've done this so that you can continue the differentiation between the really expensive S, which goes further, and the Model 3. And it turns out, though, Ooh. if you go through this article and if you go through Tesla Motor Forum, uh, Peter B. talking a lot about this, that the Model 3, I mean, the Model S 100D, also 
using this calculation goes over 340 miles, but they have voluntarily said, no, no, it only goes 335. Did we talk about this? Does anybody care? Does this mean that Tesla is software limiting the Model 3 to 310, even though it could easily go 340? Well, I think they're being conservative. We've learned that the folks over at GM with the Bolt are also being a little bit conservative about their range. They don't want to overpromise right. and underdeliver. They'd rather underpromise because what's better when you get in your car and you're like, "Ooh, I have less mileage than they said," or "Oh, this is cool. I have a few more miles than they said." I think that this demonstrates that EPA actually stands for Ever Poor Accuracy. Ooh, did you just come up with that? I just did. Wow. Stinging rebuke from Robert But Rosenblum. I want to know, is it software limited or is it basically it's going to say you've got 310 miles range and then you get to zero like you can do in a normal car, like you can do in electric cars, and you get into really, you've really got another 30 miles after it hits but, zero. But we know as well as anybody that my Model 3's range is going to be different than Robert's Model 3 range, going to be different than Mel's Model 3 range, because we all drive differently. And if you drive different, that's the thing about range. This is like maximum range, perfect conditions. If you do everything right, that's what your range is going to be. And that, again, that's going to vary based on the lunacy of your right foot. My right foot is quite lunatic. Somebody tell me about the Jaguar I-Pace because I'm sick of talking about the Model 3. I want to talk about cars that don't exist or are (laughs) just ridiculous. Oh, the Model 3 exists. It's exciting to see all the other car makers playing catch-up. Yeah. I never really expected that much, but I'm sure Elon sort of looked forward and expected this, and now we're seeing it. Jaguar, Jaguar is now uh, announcing its I-Pace. Of course, they don't spell it with a lowercase I because then they'd be messing with Apple. But still, this I business is driving me a little Maybe cuckoo. it's a lowercase L and it's La Paz. La Paz. No, I watched their video. <laughs> There's a uh, Jag- Jaguar uh, link here, and uh, they're showing off their first all-electric car, five seats, uh, the rear has a pretty good sized trunk, 18 cubic feet. They even have a frunk. It's small, very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very small. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make any references. Uh, they're calling it a performance SUV with zero to 60, approximately four seconds. I don't know what the hell that means. They're running it with you two don't. motors. You don't know what that means? It's one second more than Does three seconds. Does that mean it's going to be 4.1 or 4.9? It means it's going to be one of those. Yeah, 4.99. In the ballpark, probably right around that ballpark. Yeah, probably not as fast as a Model X. That's okay, though. Okay, again, it's I okay. Know. It's, it's okay. It's got a small frunk. What can I say? <laughs> 400 horsepower. Um, That's a lot. It's got 220 miles of range, which is nice. It's acceptable. Nice. It's until good. you load it up. I don't know. It's not that good. 220 miles range with a 90 kilowatt hour battery, right? What the hell? The Model yeah. X has like nearly 300 with yeah. a dual motor 90D. Yeah. 253. So, well, must how, be many, heavy how as much crap. experience does Jaguar have? Not so much. They say it's going to charge to 80% in 90 minutes with a 50 kilowatt DC fast charger. That's a DC not-so-fast charger. Thank you very much. Not really. It's four doors. There's a glass roof. Looks kind of nice, although it's got this speckled pattern on it. Um, The inside, when you look at it, there are more buttons. There is a ton of buttons. There's literally a button for everything. There's literally everything in it has a button. Yeah. Some things, there was one button that actually had its own button. 
It even has, <laughs> and it includes all of those tacky electric vehicle highlights on the outside. Uh, that's a that's actually a, a, a an option. An option. If you read the article, the blue LED is an option. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't yeah. read that far because I just kind of got a sense for it. I figured they're going to again call this a Tesla killer, and it'll be available in the second half of 2018. I mean, so about a gonna, year from now, it's going to kill the Model 60s for sure. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got through that with a straight face. It's not going to uh, kill nothing. So it's not it's, even going to punch somebody, this thing. You guys have any guesses as to what they're going to charge for this bad boy? This 220-mile mini SUV wagony crossover That has situation? a button on a button? One million dollars. Well, it's not quite a million dollars, but they say it's going to be about a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you know, if you're really into Jaguar... Which uh, one of the pulmonologists I work with, he's really into his Jaguar. Yeah. But there's nothing here. There's nothing here that is better than the X. It has a small back seat, according to the photos. Like, usually <laughs> when, you, when you see these photos and they show the back seat, they show all of this room. And, and this one, I think they were trying to show all of this room. But I would be very, you would be hard-pressed to get Robert in the back seat of this and car. And what this doesn't I'd, have. I'd be hard-pressed. <laughs> What's the be. biggest thing this doesn't have and why they're going to sell Three of these two Jaguar enthusiasts and nobody else. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me. Too late. Charging <laughs> infrastructure. Supercharging. So it's slower. It's mm. smaller. It doesn't go as far. Hold it on doesn't a have a supercharger. Wait, network. wait, wait. Let's just, before we move on to the next order, it's slower. Yes. It costs more. Yes. And it doesn't have supercharging. Well, it costs a bit. But the same, it's but a Jaguar. It, no, it costs le- uh, more than you can buy a Tesla for. Guess who's going to drive it? Not me. Nobody's Bond. <laughs> Bond. It's going to be in a Bond movie. No way. It's not cool enough looking to be in a James no, Bond. No. It's okay. I mean, James Bond's not driving a family. Like, if there's a scene where James Bond Jumps is coming up against, head. like, a soccer mom supervillain, then if maybe she's in a Model she X, she's going to burn him out. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Infinity because they've got an AV, and this surely is going to be the Tesla killer that somebody's looking for. Yeah. Oh, Infinity, not the Infinity and Beyond. Not Toy Story. No. That's not what we're talking This about. is the Infinity that is Nissan, which is the origin of the Leaf. Oh. They've finally gotten committed to putting out a high end EV. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, this article comes from Inside EVs, and the main thing I got out of this article mm-hmm. is that they are so down, not in a good way, I mean down in a bad way, mm-hmm. on the 2018 Nissan Leaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it didn't have what everybody wanted, which was more range, better battery life. And so they, they say that this performance-based, uh, more luxury model is not a derivative of the LEAF, meaning good, that they've used a whole new platform for this. And it's been sort of a six-year roller coaster where they've announced a car like this. They kind of pulled it back. They re-announced. They pulled it back. And now they're announcing it one more time. It's very inspired by a Tesla. It does uh, only seat two people. There's a picture of it here. It's actually very nice looking. Um, Another thing that they had in this article that Mm -hmm. I found more interesting is that a bunch of um, Infinity engineers and designers got together on their own and they created this electric heritage race car. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. It's very cool. It looks like one of those old cigar tube Right. Kind of racers back in open wheelers back in the day. Yeah, the original Formula One. I, I really want to know how are they going to divide up this car among all those designers and engineers? Like, who's going to get it for the weekend? 
me. Yeah. Bob. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. My overall summary of all of these announcements that have occurred in the last few weeks, and we've been hearing announcements all the time, exactly <laughs> like this. If this is your future car, by the time they come, Tesla will just eat your lunch. But what's the answer now? So we've seen... We've seen all of these car companies. So Tesla's model was build the expensive one, get people excited, make a lot of money, and then put out the cheap one. We've seen Nissan build the cheap one and do pretty well with it. They've had some technical issues with with battery life and range. And then we've seen GM put out a mass market Bolt, which hasn't, which is a nice enough car, but hasn't been widely accepted. So. Is it is it that it's too expensive, or would the Bolt be more widely accepted if it had the fast charging and the long and the there was a network to go along with it? Like, what is it? Is that what we have to put our finger on to what is missing from all of these me- cars? Because now you have another company not making a mass market car, even though all of these companies seem to be responding to Tesla's four hundred thousand mass market car reservations. Right, this is why. Everybody jumped into the pool. They were like, holy moly, there's a huge market for this uh, $35,000 electric vehicle. Let's build a $100,000 electric vehicle. That seems counterproductive, but but we've seen GM not – I don't want to say fail, but struggle – and and that's because of infrastructure. I have an opinion about it, but Robert, you can go. (laughs) <laughs> I have strong opinions. Go. I have a pre-opinion. Uh, my pre-opinion is that it's nice, not great, nice to see these legacy car makers putting a toe into the water, maybe even the forefoot into the water. And that's how I see this. They're all testing the waters. Of course, the waters, you know, are overwhelming that will overwhelm them shortly. But Tesla does not have, we've talked about this, Tesla does not have the capacity to make 20 million cars a year. There's just no way. And all along, Tesla has tried, or Elon, Tesla, the whole organization, to push all of these legacy car makers in one direction. We're seeing that happen. I don't want to complain too much that they're not going fast enough. I'm just delighted that they're doing it. And maybe in 10 years' time, when everyone wants only an electric car, we'll have the capacity to supply them because we've We've gotten, you know, I don't know if all of them, but many of these legacy car makers to produce models that people will want. I think uh, to answer Tom's question, what's gone on here is that Tesla has done a genius marketing move. They came out with a sporty car, then a sexy, very expensive car. Then they created the the idea that Teslas are beautiful, they're high-end, they're iPhones, they're sexy and then they come out with a mass market car and people are like, oh, man, I can afford to buy into this uh, Tesla universe or a lot more people can. And it's kind of like getting your iPhone. It's great versus um, Chevy, which is like, eh, it's a Chevy. Right. Eh. No, but again. And second thing and the infrastructure. Grandpa has a Bolt. It's a perfectly fine car, but he can't drive that car with ease. Uh, 400 miles to go see his friends in Phoenix. That is a huge problem. Right. If you have Tesla with no supercharger network, you don't have Tesla. No, you don't. And I absolutely agree with this. This is the genius 
It's at least as important as anything else they've done is the supercharger network, which we're going to get to in a little while, which is getting bigger. But why don't the other car companies yet understand this? What is Okay, Volkswagen is being forced to build a charging network because of their missteps. And they've gone all in. They've claimed to have gone all in, and they're building all of their models are going to be e-vehicles, right? So they are going to build whatever network they're going to end up building, but they haven't started yet ahead of of launch of all of these vehicles. <laughs> Would they not be better off $2 billion worth of charging infrastructure they started building now? So when all of these models come out, it's in place. Yeah. The, that is a great question. Why aren't the other car manufacturers doing that? There's only two explanations. One, they're stupid and they don't get that you have to have a robust infrastructure for charging or you're not going to sell many of these cars. Or two, they're just not serious about it. And I think it's the second one. They still don't get this as the future. If they got the, this as the future, that's where they'd be putting half their money. But they're spending billions of dollars in R&D. You can't just put 20 models of your cars out in an e-version without putting hundreds of engineers and billions of dollars towards that program. So you're saying it's number one. They're stupid. They don't get it. Because I think they the don't, supercharger yes, they network, don't, which is the special source. They don't understand it because what they are are their car companies, right? They have never been gas companies, fuel companies, right? This has never been. These fuel companies existed that, like, the car industry was built, and then right alongside the car industry was this fueling industry that was built. They're not. They're not owned by the same people, and and because it's different now. That needs to happen together because people are afraid, like, to build this this charging infrastructure that they don't know what the long term pricing is. Right? Do you, they know, and they know that you can't get gas at everybody's house, but you can plug your car in at everybody's house. So there's an investment fear yeah. that this charging. I'm going to build this massive charging network, and nothing's going to come of it. If you build it into the cost of your cars, it makes a lot more sense because the model has changed. Yeah, it's kind of. I'm going to use two analogies. One, cart before the horse. This is why the governments have been sought to try and kickstart this build out of charging infrastructure. The only problem is that government has focused on J1772, which is truly inadequate unless there is light pole charging everywhere, like they're actually doing in Dubai. This was an announcement. I didn't get it into the notes. The second analogy is ostrich in the sand. I think so many of these car makers must be having this collective, like, like, it's not a psychosis. It's like they're, they are crazy, though. How can they do it? It doesn't make any sense. But no one can convince their board of directors to spend many figures on putting out. I mean, like, that's like a crazy thing to decide to build chargers across continents and to provide electricity for people. The amount of money, the time and the risk, they're just not willing to take it. It's I agree with everything you've said, and it is what is stunning about Tesla. We've watched this happen, and maybe we um, forget what's happening. They're building a complete high-speed infrastructure from zero to thousands and thousands, tens of thousands across the world. It's unbelievable what they're doing. And again, it goes back to now they're vertically integrated. They get the solar panels. Well, first it starts with the sun. They didn't build that. It was there at the beginning. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
They've got the solar panels. Solar panels go into their batteries and it goes into their cars and their cars drive around. They're vertically integrated now. They're going to see the solar panels. They're going to see the batteries. They're going to see the car. They've got the uh, infrastructure for driving all over the place. If this works, they are going to be the largest manufacturer of cars in the world. If this works, they're going to be the biggest company in the world. But it will take forever ever for them to be able to build the kind of capacity that they're going to need unless not forever well it's going to take them a very long time to build up the capacity to build 20 million vehicles a year if if again that is what eventually happens well if these car manufacturers don't get their poopy together that is what's going to happen it's going to be 500,000 then magically another gigafactory is going to come it's going to be a million then magically it's going to be another and in 5 years from now they could be building Many millions of cars a year, and the other manufacturers like, what happened? They couldn't get to five million in five years, and they, we're talking about they, a lot of cars. They could, if they build four gigafactories in the next, start building them in the next year. In five years from now, they could be making more than five million. And then there was silence. Go. Fun fact. You guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Oh, I love a fun fact. Why do ostriches bury their head in the sand? Because they're, they're car manufacturers. Because they're keeping their heads cool. No. It's a, it's a move to dig a small hole to lay an egg. So it's not really such a bad thing, burying your head in the sand. So that, That's a fantastic fun fact. <laughs> hey, look, uh, we talked with uh, Jess and Dave about their mm-hmm. self-driving. And I made a joke about the idea that wouldn't it be stupid if uh, Tesla <sighs> decided maybe to make its own chip just to upset Tom. So, Tom, can you tell us what's going on here? <laughs> so, this is a, a story from The Verge. Uh, Tesla is now developing its own chip with AMD for self-driving cars. Uh, Robert put this in the show notes because he likes to watch my vein on my forehead get bigger and bigger. And he hopes that I can have a, maybe an aneurysm while we're recording the show. No, and he can rescue not. and he can rescue me and be the, the savior doctor. I'd have to do mouth to mouth. On you? Don't don't pretend, Robert. Don't pretend. <laughs> Do you guys need a moment? Should I leave right now? Uh, so, Robert. I well, mean, so what's the worst mm-hmm, thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. Tesla loses money for shareholders. Mm-hmm. Okay, we take a small hit, and we have to take our car in for service. Or the ranger mm-hmm. just pops by and says, eh, let me just drop your glove box, pop in a new supercomputer, and boom, you're off with the new AMD chip. Okay, Robert. Okay. Uh Super. Uh, uh, <laughs> there goes the van. He oh, can't no. even talk. Aut- so angry. Uh, Robert, autonomous driving, uh, it doesn't work now, right? <laughs> you all paid for it to work now. You, a lot of people paid for it to work now. We were all told what we're giving you in your cars will work as good as you need it to work. Level five autonomy. How about this? How about all of the engineers over at Tesla? Don't spend any time working with AMD on a new chip. They make this version work, and then they make it better. So, so it's it's like this is amazing thing we created that doesn't work. Let's make it better. Let's make it work, and then make it better. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, when when we're I get, get in, so many letters. when I get in my Tesla, the back seat that is with the front seat uh-huh. moved all the way yeah. forward, and I pop a bottle of champagne. Uh huh. Yeah. Or I enjoy part of Ken's I don't think you're going to be able to rye, drink still. And I end up in San Francisco mm-hmm. in Hammered. five hours. Uh-huh. Then I'll tell you exactly what I think. Well, I, I get that. I but, don't but, care. but we were told, again, 
we were told what we have now could do that. Can it or can it not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this would be like this. This would be this is the analogy. Apple's like, hey, this is an amazing iPhone 7. Yeah. It will have it will be the only camera that you'll ever need. It's not really working great right now. You should pay extra for it. We're going to have this amazing camera that we're going to turn on and then 6 months later they're like, "You know what? We we got a new chip. We're going to make that camera even better." Since we're only But they third, never turned it on. Since we're only 20% of the way into the show notes, <laughs> oh let me God. just say this. Cameras have been around for a long time. Uh-huh. That's a bad analogy. It is a terrible analogy. Yeah. This is something that is Jetson-like. This is something that is so futuristic. To have to to have the car go pick up my blind right. grandmother and bring her over for high holidays dinner, that is amazing. Does it work now or I'll does it patient. not work now? I'll be patient. But, but right, but they're wasting time making the next version of it while this yeah. version doesn't work. But there's the problem with your argument. Work. Are they wasting time? No, they have a lot of money. They can find some engineers. And like Apple, the thing that actually excites me about this, I've watched Apple move from PowerPC chips to Intel chips to now in their phone stuff making their own chips. When you can integrate your software with the chip making so you can make the chip exactly the way you want it for your software, you get incredible speed increases as we see now with Apple with its uh, A11 chips and stuff. It's amazing. But Apple never said this is going to be the fastest computer. This computer is going to do everything you need it to do. Tesla said this car is going to be capable of level five autonomy, period. Welcome to Elon's world. It's not yet. I, that's I all I'm asking. Uh, like, Jess, can you get the AD? Because I think uh, Tom's going down and he's going to have am a I, Why am I alone here in this room with because you Because you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I, how am I wrong? They no, didn't wrong. make this because work Because you're yet. making assumptions. Wait, that... wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, God. I'm sort of with Tom. Because we bought this car. Dave Mason. Like, we had a reservation for a Model S. And then Mel called us at, like, midnight. And he was like... Don't buy it. Cancel the car. You're getting full autonomy. And so we called our sales associate immediately and like, can we switch up cars? Because we really want the technology. And they're like, sure. So, yeah, we're sort of expecting it to happen. I mean, we purposely bought this car for that reason. I'm with you. I, I'm just sort of giving Tom a bit of a hard time. But I don't think... They should turn it on. I think it's the concern is that everybody paid for this stuff and they better get it out soon. Or otherwise, people are going to be pissed. I don't think that stops them developing the next generation of self-driving right. Again, hardware. But they're working on the next generation of self-driving software when this generation of software is not doing what they said it would do. But How? I think about things that I need to do in the future and I can still do things right now. Okay, but... Again, make this one work. Yeah, I agree. Make it work because, you know, every once in a while, Mel will tell us, like, oh, I went up to Santa Barbara in the Model X with the old software, and it's beautiful. (laughs) And and I'm still, like, my (laughs) car's still, like, tripping up on shadows. Uh huh. So maybe the situation is this: Model S and X currently have eight cameras, and the and the three nine cameras, and maybe the computer that they put in there can only handle five cameras. Right. Then why did they tell you, Elon, my name's Elon, this car will be capable of full autonomy as it is being delivered? Maybe because the few people who have left the autonomy program left like 
maybe fired because they didn't do it right, maybe they can tell you. (laughs) It either can or it cannot. Then I would bet at the moment that it probably cannot. Then do you not want your money back? Yes. No, I want a car that'll do it. Oh, good for that. Yes, I want a car that will do it. I also want not to be told that this car will do it. I'm about to buy one of these cars. If they're like, hey, $8,000 full autonomy eventually, and then they're like, "Mm, you know what? That $8,000 didn't get you full autonomy, but we got this new chip, and we're going to throw that in. That's cool. I get that. As long as they make it right. Oh, my Lord. No, 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 no. That's not... The visual of Tom freaking out is oh, Jeez, I wish you could see. I mean, people should have a video. What of is this. wrong with you people? I, I, it's like this. Here, buy this. Eventually, we're going to get it to work with exactly what's in it. And then, hey, could you send that in? Let because me, we got to add some stuff to it to make it work like we said it was going to. Let me try an analogy. Here, this is the best chocolate in the world. And it's wrapped in this beautiful wrap. It's the best chocolate in the world. And uh, it's $100. Now, take it home. Now, don't open it. Uh-huh. Don't open don't it. Don't open it. Yeah, I'm not opening it. Don't open it. Uh-huh. Three years ago, boy. Uh-huh. Don't open mm-hmm. Like, I paid $100 for this great chocolate. You mean, you can't eat it. And then by the time you can eat it, it's off. Is that a good analogy? No, I think it's more like <laughs> you bought this awesome espresso machine, and it can only make drip coffee until they tell you it's okay. And then they start making the espresso machine that you really wanted in the R&D factory no, 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 lab. You- and. That's a good one. You buy this coffee machine, and it says they can make espresso. Right. It only ma- it, they said eventually it's going to make the best espresso the best. you've ever had, but it only makes drip coffee right now. And halfway through, six months later, they're like, "Could you send that car in? Uh, we got to come and add a thing that will make it the best espresso machine ever." That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's no sort of way ridiculous. to run a business. I'm with you, Tom. It either works. As we said, it will work, or it doesn't work, and we have to fix it. That's all. That's all it is. It's one of the other. But to give them a little slack because this is totally alien technology, so it's super advanced. We've only had this car for like eight months, right? But so but there's then, a little bit of leeway. But say then say to the people, we think that possibly this is enough to get you to level five autonomy. However, we're never going to stop working to make it better. Not this is all you will ever need to get to level five autonomy. When do we have, Tom, give me the date. When is the date that I officially get ticked off that full autonomy is not here? I put it in my lease, paid uh, up front, or if you were like Dave and you bought it, when should Dave and Jess, who bought the car for full price, not at least full price, Tell me the date that they officially get pissed and say, all right, I put 5000 8000 extra dollars in this. Where's my full autonomy? Right. When, Dave? Well, no. If you're asking Tom, Tom's answer is day two of driving the car <laughs> off the lot. Yeah. No, I want it but to for, work without an upgrade. That's right. all I'm saying is I want to what I paid for to actually work at some point. I want it to work. Dave, I'm asking you, when are you and Jess officially going to be pissed at Tesla because you didn't get full autonomy? Is it a year? Is it two years? What about in 10 years? Oh, well, yeah, definitely not 10 years. Um, I, Be pissed because, now, Dave. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little peeved. <laughs> I would say, I'd say after two years, if something wasn't happening, you know, that's then I'd be a little pissed. How about the fact that full autonomy doesn't work and even regular driving around isn't even working right now? 
Am I wrong about that? I, is it? I, no, I guess. I guess. I just. I'm giving them so much slack because it's so much more advanced. Right. But at some point, it's eight thousand dollars that you spent. Eight thousand dollars is not no dollars. No. It's right. Eight thousand dollars. Imagine if you put eight thousand dollars in your savings account and you and Jess at some point decided to have a kid in. When that kid was 18 years old, that $8,000 would be a considerable yeah. amount of money. That is not yeah. nothing. Right. Wow. But Tom is so pissed. He's actually been hitting the microphone, and I can give him crap about it. Are we done here? Yeah. I mean, that's can fine. We, we can on? move on. That's cool. I'm moving on. I got to get back to work. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, an anonymous uh, thing that we got. <laughs> so, and we have to make this really vague. We got an anonymous email, or maybe it came by snail mail. We don't know. It's yeah. hard for us to even know where it came from because pigeon. it was so anonymous. It was so anonymous. It was so anonymous. We got, we got some pictures of battery packs, lots and lots of battery yeah. packs that were, were destined for what we believe is potentially a utility scale battery system somewhere. Some, somewhere south, somewhere quite large. Maybe well, south. We don't Somewhere no, where there may know. or may not be marsupials. It's hard to know. They were in some Maybe. sort of transport device ready yes. to go. They were packed up. It could have been a ship. It might have been a train. I've never been in a cargo train, right. but it could have been a cargo train. They were somewhat delayed. Or some other form of transport. It was very, very difficult to tell. But what we do know is that there were a lot of them. There were. They were all going to the same place, yes. potentially. We know that potentially. We don't even know for sure that they weren't being diversely spread across an entire hemisphere. We have no idea. It was cool, though, to see what it's like. But what I'll tell you is I only know of one place right now currently on order for a whole bunch of power packs. Mm. But I'm not at liberty to even say where that is, to be honest with you. Uh, We can say it's not in northern Australia. Why do I feel like I'm one of the administration testifying before (laughs) Congress right now? Did you use your own personal email? I have no uh, idea what you're talking about. I don't know if I don't even know if it came through my email or if it didn't. Well, I know where they came from. These battery packs, and I can speak definitely. Okay, where'd they come from? From Gigafactory One. Oh, there you go. Look at that. And I don't know if we we did this before or not, but I was just so excited to see a picture of Gigafactory One from August 21st mm-hmm. showing the roof is completely done mm-hmm. on the sections they've so far built. It's a done roof. It's a done roof. They done done the roof. But they're still doing a ton what? How much of a ton? A metric ton? Uh, no, you can't. American ton? We don't do that we anymore. Don't do ton no, anymore. we don't do it. A ton is out for sure. Oh, <laughs> what is happening? It's like a marsupial ton. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a new gracious. one. Now that's we a new start one. Over. So they're doing a ton of work on the inside because you remember this building. I don't know if you remember standing near it. I, have you guys? No, no, we haven't. I you, forgot. What I'm is sorry. wrong with you? I'm already on the I'm edge, lost. and then he does that. What is this wrong with you? This building is huge. Uh-huh. This thing is like I don't mm-hmm. know, eighty feet tall. I forget mm-hmm. the number, but it's, it's enough for three commercial-sized floors. It's tall. You've been there. Whatever. So when you see this huge building, and you can see the cars next to it look like little dots, this building is three levels tall. So you could even spread it out that much more. There. Working on that production, they say right now it's only 30% complete, but it has 4.9 million square feet of operational space. They're expecting to have it completed by 2020. Just in time to make batteries for all the other cars that are getting released in 2020. And so I threw in the picture. This was a flyover picture. There's actually a video as well, which is nice. And... Tom, did you like the video? It was a great video. There was a nice uh, VO of Elon over the top of it talking about perspective and 
his vision and how he, they came from a small company. I, I'm not in the I'm not quote in the industry. Tell me what's a VO? A voiceover. <sighs> you could hear you saw video and images of the the Gigafactory with Elon's voice kind of playing in the background. So it 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 made it yeah. a lovely sort of situation. And again, these guys took a massive risk. $5 billion investment in the middle of the desert to build a factory, not really knowing whether or not this was going to be the future. Like, And they now took it's looking risk. like they should have built it 20 times bigger. <laughs> they should have built 100. They should have started work on five or six of them all simultaneously. That's what they should have done. Thanks to Panasonic, because Panasonic really is hand in hand with Tesla. I realize now I should have some Panasonic T-shirts, but I don't have one. Not Show a the love. One. Next time you go and buy a boombox. And so this article was from <laughs> Electric. There you go. Just didn't give them the credit. You're like on a that. you're like a performing monkey Thank for Robert. He point points at, at you. He points at me and, and I go. Say it. <laughs> That's like go. He points at me. Make Tom mad. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> on the constant stream of articles distracting me at dinner, which actually don't matter right now. Dinner doesn't matter. No, because Our articles don't matter. Uh, son is off in college. Mm-hmm. Wife is on the East Coast for a business trip. So I've been living all by myself. Bachelor and, life. Bachelor life. And so my right arm is so sore from holding my phone up, looking at all of these articles. Have you ever been to Townsville? No. Uh, I've never been to Townsville, but I know where it is, mate. It's sort of an industrial center up there on the uh, east coast of Australia, mate. <laughs> you go right into your just home Oh, right accent. back there. Yeah, Townsville. A lot of hard workers there, a when lot you, of miners. When you get off a plane yeah, in mate. Australia yeah. and, the, you know, they're they're standing at the end of the jetway, the, yeah. the workers, uh, do you oh. go, do you automatically go into, g'day, mate? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be seen as no foreigner. <laughs> Let's go. Talk about Townsville. What's going up there in Townsville, mate? Sounds like the political parties there in Townsville, which is in the northern part of Australia, have actually come together across the aisle, so to speak, to lobby for a gigafactory. They're expecting a $2 billion gigafactory to be built. And uh, I'm reading through this article, which is an Australian uh, piece, and I was just struck by the sort of animosity that's that sits among folks there. Uh, they said things like, uh, if Northern Australia was an island and it wasn't part of Australia, it would have capital coming from all through all over the world to invest. Hmm. Yeah. They also said the greatest disservice is that it is regulated by state and federal politicians. Yowza. Melvis, do you want to speak of Australia? Mate, I don't really know the politics of this area. I haven't been there for a while, mate, but I do know that there is politics in Australia. Therefore, you know, there'll be some animosities, whatever that is. It's like a mosquito, I think. <laughs> this is like uh, the, the Bruce, Bruceization of Mel. So uh, maybe uh, there'll be a gigafactory there. Maybe there'll be one in Perth. We know we need 100, mate. Maybe there'll be one here in the San Fernando Valley. 100 to power the world. To power the world is an estimate that Elon made back in the day. Let's talk about solar and renewable energy. And uh, let's talk about the U.S. military. For where they go, we often follow. Mate? I was very excited when I saw this article simply because of the picture. It shows these GIs with these really nice cases that they just unlatch and fold open and bam, two solar panels. Boom. Yeah. And I thought, Mel. Are these solar powered GIs? Mel, apocalypse, zombies trying to survive in the outback. Go on. This is for you, man. You've got to get something just like this set up. So the military uh, is basically 
the an amazing moving force in renewable energy. And this article just touches on that. We've talked about this in the past many times. Um, I'm glad that they're using their smarts to move in this direction. And their quiche. I actually have a couple of deployable solar panels, some fairly big ones, for said zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know about superchargers because I'm looking in the show notes here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and this thing is taking up more space than I've ever seen before. Uh, Robert is now going to talk about every city on the planet. Please summarize because there's just too many, which makes me excited. This is the biggest supercharger report I have ever given. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. And so we have 22 open superchargers. 22? That is amazing. The greatest number are in China. 11 opened this week. Four in the United States. Then we have one in each of Croatia, Czech Republic, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein gets I didn't fun. think Liechtenstein was big enough I to justify four people in Liechtenstein. It's big enough. Yeah, it's only like 12 square miles. you got to drive through it at some point That's to get true, to I guess. another I guess it must thing, be a right? through, thoroughfare. I mean, I don't want to minimize the people of Liechtenstein and just say the supercharger is oh, no. a through point. The people are important. Yeah. But it is a small place. Norway, Spain, and then one in Australia opened just this week. Thank you. In Clare. In Clare? Clare. Which is halfway between Adelaide and Hornsdale. And Hornsdale. So does that mean you can where's, now get in Where the e battery farm is. Clare. Oh! <laughs> Look at what he just did. It was terrible. I actually <laughs> printed out a map from Clare because I thought, oh, great. what the hell is in Clare? This is good for a radio show. Show Kang everyone the map. Kangaroos. Out that Claire is the heart of Australian Riesling territory. Oh, hello. Why Claire. is it that superchargers and wine country seem to be synonymous all across this planet? I don't know. Maybe in Australia, do they have drunk driving laws in Australia? Maybe. Actually, yeah, you get they uh, have arrested. Very, very aggressive drunk driving laws. If you don't drunk well, drive, well, when you're in, <laughs> dare I say, full autonomous mode, you could swing through, get your charge, and sip your riesling and head on up to the solar uh it's not solar it's wind battery farm what? in hornsdale and oh. so this was cool they said it at the wine food and tourism center mm. and then uh there is construction 11 new superchargers in construction four in the u.s then one each belgium france finland norway spain uk and there was one in china I'll get to that one in a moment. The one uh, that I wanted to point out, really important, I don't know how many people out there experience congested superchargers. If you're outside of some of the more heavily traveled Tesla routes, maybe not. But in the L.A. Orange County to San Diego route, it is very challenging. The superchargers are sometimes a very ugly scene. And so they've instituted a supercharger construction in San Clemente. Thank you. Beautiful place. Which is wonderful because that is going to open things up even more. Uh, five permits were taken out this week. Three in the United States, one in Australia, one in Hungary. And I want to thank Blue Shift, that's his screen name. Mm -hmm. He set up the website Supercharge Info and the Twitter account, which I've let you guys know. In fact, now I'm on the Twitter account, and I have to say no less than five times I have redone 
this section for Talking Tesla yesterday. I thought, I'm going to get this done nice and early. Yeah, I'm going to get it done by maybe noon. Oh, yeah, really early. We would have loved that. Yeah. And then starting at about three or four in the afternoon, the tweets started coming in. They didn't stop. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Till 10 p.m. Ooh, that's a lot Telling of me that yet more superchargers were either under construction or opening. It was a long night, but when I'm reporting on all of these spots... So there's one in China, at an, and it's at an interestingly named place. It's in De, Dezhu. I pronounced that incorrectly for sure. It's at the Micro Emission Hotel mm-hmm. in China. Yeah, Micro that's, Emission. I've been there. I uh, saw that. Yeah. It's what does a, that mean they, to you, man? They, they kicked you out. Oh, I got kicked out. That was weird. Because <laughs> of all those macro emissions <laughs> yeah. of yours? <laughs> yeah. Sir, excuse it's me. Weird. We're going to have to ask you to leave. Little devices that they put in various parts of your body. And like, that is way too much emissions. You're out of here. So. <laughs> It's upsetting. So I want to make sure everybody out there in Talking Tesla Nation know that if you become aware Mm -hmm. that a supercharger permit has been pulled Pulled. or you've seen a site go into construction or you're the first to sip electrons at a new supercharger, please send an email to map at supercharge.info. And that's how this whole system works keeps going. Can you tell me about the world's biggest supercharger? Because we keep breaking the record every oh. week. So it's like 85 feet high? Like it's a big ballard? Is that what yeah, we're looking at? Six, six people to hold the cable. It's like and... one of those like roadside attraction type supercharger nah, situations? It's uh, large in number, not oh. in actual uh, size. <laughs> oh, right? I, I get it. I mean, we're from California. We have all these gigantic roadside attractions. I got confused. You know, I've traveled the world and spent a lot of time in a lot of countries and there's always some place in some touristed area where you have the largest, the biggest, the longest, the deepest, the tallest. Everybody likes to have the ist. And now Shanghai is going to have the ist. They're going to have the world's largest Tesla supercharger facility. First leaked on Reddit, then gas2.org, and of course, eventually Teslarati. So a 50-stall supercharger. We expected it's 50 stalls. I don't read Chinese, so I could not read the Chinese website very clearly. But in looking at the video that was sent out, and this was probably from somebody in the construction uh, side of things, it looks like there is a 50-stall supercharger going in to this shopping mall. It's called like the Lilac Commercial Shopping Center. Um, they, one of the, one of the Redditors, Rice Canister, I don't know why people choose certain names, but I'll respect it. He said that some of the superchargers in Shanghai have frequent lines of four or five cars waiting to fill up. And how many supercharger stations are there in Shanghai? I mean, Shanghai is one city, right? But it's a big city. 17 stations. That's including this new one that's coming. Oh, no, no, no. That's without the new one. Then we're going to have the mega supercharger. How many stalls do you think there are in Shanghai? 106. You are correct. Oh, wow. I nailed it. <laughs> wow. I threw in a little map that I put together. I wrote on it and stuff that all the different stalls, where they are. Again, this is the bachelor life. I know. And Living so the dream. There's a ton of stalls. But, of course, Shanghai is no small city. In 2015, there were over 24 million people. There are more people in that city than there is in all of Australia. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. And I bet they have a lot of people visiting on any given day as well. A lot of visitors. The thing is, how many Teslas are in Shanghai? I cannot tell you. I want to know that number. 
Yeah. Well, it's certainly stuffed full of superchargers. And now with this new installation, it's going to have 156 stalls in the city. But clearly what you can see is what you need are really dense cities with a lot of supercharger stalls. And then the cars can come, right? This, yes. If this was, let's say, any mid, any large metropolitan city like the city center of Los Angeles or the city center of New York City, and there were all of these superchargers, everywhere anybody went, they'd see a supercharger. They would be like, okay, I guess I can get a car because there's right. chargers everywhere. Right. And just to be clear, these are not the new Metro chargers. These are full superchargers. Full. Full. And you can see a lot more pictures at this Chinese website. It's like mp.wexin.qq. We'll put it in the notes. So uh, that was China. But let us return to Los Estados Unidos. Yeah. This... Okay, there's a very large installation coming soon. Before I put this story in, I thought, well, hey, we've got two of the we have the two largest supercharger stations being installed here in California. What's going on with those? But then this came out, and so it kind of pushed it down. Yeah. You remember that in Kettleman City, Tesla is installing a forty-stall supercharger station mm-hmm. along with sort of a a dog run. Is that right? A no, dog no, no. run? A dog run? An exercise pad? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And so they're putting in this Kettleman 40-stall supercharger. We saw on the uh, Tesla Rati and Electric, I believe, you know, plans, what they look like, the actual schematics. And so I went and grabbed a screenshot from uh, ERVIC, ERVIC uh, and ES Carfan. EC car fan. Anyway, these people put in some shots because they are sort of traveling by, taking pictures, posting them on the forum. You can see that there's a lot of pillars up. They're uh, readying for the solar canopy. There's a lot of dirt and a lot of digging. And there's even a structure on the property that they must be converting somehow. Or maybe they've already done it because you can see the red stripe along the top of the roof line. This was just from this last Thursday. And then onto the 40-stall supercharger in Baker, California. That's been on the construction list for a while. I think since July, you can see there's a fence around it. There's a whole bunch of pictures out there. I'm putting up a... um, Well, I don't have a link to it, but this was from just this last Saturday. There's a picture with basically a big open lot, a lot of earth moving equipment, some uh, trenching going on. But it doesn't look nearly as far along as the Kettleman City Supercharger. So no euros for you yet, Thomas? Oh, it's coming. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm really excited. I would love to go and visit one of these when they first open up. Yeah. It's road trip. Kind of a waste of a day, but why not? So what else are you going to do when you're there? Well, this is from Electric, and it's uh, Strobel's CTO saying, you know, it's time for us to put up uh, the candy corn and the Diet Cokes and uh, the sandwiches and uh, the poopy place. Well, candy corn's very seasonal. So JB went to the Food Service Technology Conference trade show, which I'm sure is super exciting <laughs> if you're into sampling fast food right. and things that are not good for you. Mm. You might not not be a good place for you, Robert. Maybe they're already transitioning to the paleo diet. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they're cool. not. So what do you think? J.B. Strobel was doing at a food service conference, Melvis. Getting free food? <laughs> well, that's probably one thing, but do you think that means Tesla's opening up a bunch of drive throughs Uh, yes. You do really? Do you no, honestly no, believe really. that? I don't think <laughs> so what do you think he's done? He said that these big giant superchargers that Robert just spoke of all across this nation and the globe— 
the fifty stallers, the forty stallers with the dog runs, with all the other things. People are going to be there for twenty to thirty minutes. They want to eat. They want to have a cup of coffee. They want and to. They want to use the bathroom. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order, but maybe in that order. I don't know. I don't sure. want to speak for the people. I have no idea what order they want to do their things in. Usually you eat first and poop second. So the- <laughs> Gastrocolic <laughs> reflex is another show. This won't hurt a bit. I'm just saying. So they're thinking ahead, uh, and they're making sure that these are not just fueling stops where people are bored, or even uh, going over to uh, the Seattle-based uh, coffee mega conglomerate to get a horrible cup of coffee <laughs> while they're waiting, all uh, some of the superchargers. I think you should be in touch with Strabble, because <laughs> having... Tom's favorite roast on the automatic espresso machine is key. They're going to make the business decision to to get the good the good coffee that no one likes. So, Mel, what do you want to see at one of so, these stations? Yeah, so I put down here like, okay, yeah, you have a little bit of food. That's good. You have somewhere to go poopy pants. That's all good. But what else would you like to see? I would like to see free Wi-Fi so that I can get a little bit of work done while the car's getting uh, jacked. And mm-hmm. make it fast. And make it fast Wi-Fi. No, free Wi-Fi that's slow, please, do not what if it's not? Me. What if it's not free, but it's sort of like go-go where you have Forget like a... You can a, make it fast, don't rip a, me off. A yearly like fee. Like if you drive back and forth and you lose a lot of superchargers and every supercharger you go to has this Wi-Fi and, and you paid like 20 bucks a year as a subscription for that's that. Fine. Something okay. uh, mm. not too expensive, I'm just but fast. I'm just that's key. Free, free, okay. free, free. Good. I, I also want car. an exercise yard. I want to get out of the car after three miles. I want to do a couple of chin-ups. Uh, I want to do a few sit-ups. Just a little, one of those low-maintenance exercise yards. want to get the blood flowing in yeah. there. Yeah. feel better about it. Okay. I want a big screen TV. I want to watch the news. There's a lot of news going on these days. Can't you sit in your car and watch the news? Yeah, but I I'm, I'm, I want a 4K high definition. Okay. Uh, you know, Good. I want to do that. Right. I want it open 24/7. Very important. Yeah, very sure. important because I want might want to leave really early. I don't want one of these ones I get there. Right. Oh my god, it's closed. I'm going to poo my pants. Robert, I, I want it open. I want those uh, massage chairs. I'll pay for that. Okay, good. But I want for 20 minutes if I'm back, my back hurts from sitting in the car too long or I've done my chin-ups and my sit-ups and my little bit of exercise. Now I want to... So you guys have moved my... from we just need the charging infrastructure so I can charge my car. You guys are both now the Veruca Salt of this radio show. I want, show. I want, I want. It was just a wish list. I want, I want, I want Wi-Fi, and I want it free, and I don't want to pay for it. And I want an exercise yard and a big screen TV, and I want it over 24 hours a day. You'll get what you want, and you'll like it. SpaceX and aerospace, we've got to get moving here because this is going to break some records if we are not careful. Oh, my so what's goodness. happening this week? Mm, what's Two happening? things in Australia. Two big Ooh. things. Large. Gigantic. Mega. I'm imagining, how did they actually plan this out? So first, this coming Friday, Elon will talk in Adelaide at the uh, conference. <laughs> the national, it's like the International Aeronautical Conference or it's something. It's the National Drive Electric to Mars <laughs> weekday event. It's, uh, it's a big conference. It's about space. He spoke one year ago about uh, going to Mars. He revealed that big plan with the splashy video, and this was at Guadalajara in Mexico. None of us went, but we all watched mm-hmm. with our mouths agasp, agasp at this amazing thing. But this year, he's going to the International Aeronautical Federation Conference uh. in Adelaide, and he's going to update his plans for settling Mars. They said that it's going to be a short presentation, maybe because afterwards he's got to rush off to a 
battery opening. Mm, maybe. It's going to be live streamed. I haven't found the link yet. I've been watching their website, but I did not. It's also going to include, this is kind of interesting, a talk by Lockheed Martin for their vision of a Mars base camp. They're going to use this base camp to support NASA's manned missions to Mars. And that is supposedly going to be on the Orion capsule, which comes from Space Launch Systems. Tesla, or I should say SpaceX's number one competitor in this endeavor. The only difference is that Musk wants to get to Mars in 2022 on the first go. And that would probably be an unmanned, he had said before, unmanned, maybe dropping off supplies, getting the, the planet sort of prepped for arrival of humanoids. But uh, Lockheed Martin and Space Launch Systems is talking about, quote, uh, getting there in 2028, though the official NASA uh, target is 2030. And you might ask, why are these, where do they come with these numbers? Hey, Robert, where do they come up with these numbers? I, I was wondering, where do they come up with these numbers? 28, 30. You know, it's like, why, why not 23 or 29? Because it turns out Mars and Earth vary in their distance. And, and when we are on Mars, uh, it's going to be like one of those celebrity relationships. We're going to call it mirth. Mirth. Or ours. I like mirth because that's <laughs> kind of happy feeling that I'm going to be on a planet that is bitterly cold, full of carbon dioxide, and essentially uninhabitable for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out, and this is from uh, fizz.org, I pulled some Mars facts, fun or otherwise, to show you that Mars goes around the Earth at a much at about the same speed as the Earth, but the problem is it's way farther away. You mean it goes Mars around the goes sun. around the Earth? At the Mars same goes around the, the Sun okay. about the same speed as Earth goes around the Sun, uh -huh. except that it's much further away. So that in Earth... How long does it take to get around the sun? 365 days. You got it. And wow, Mars is 780 days. That's, that's longer. That's more. That yeah. is quite a bit more. It's almost two years more. And in fact, if you look at how long it takes, it's two years, two months. So the two planets don't end up close most of the time. Mars is either behind us or ahead of us or on the opposite side of the sun. So you cannot send a big, heavy payload, you know, to the other side of the sun. And I could. Well, you could, but it would take an awful lot of energy and we mm -hmm. can't afford to do that. What if I had to go through the sun and pick up all that energy on its way? Well, you could use a gravitational pull, but I don't think still the distance is overwhelming. No, I'm going right through the sun. And so I'm including in the in the notes here a picture that everybody can look at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what, what, the, what Mars looks like every other year or so uh, from the 90s to the like early 2000s. And mm -hmm. you can see that Mars even varies when it's at its closest because it has an elliptical orbit. It's very space-like and it gets a bit confusing. But the important thing is to look at the dates on which Mars and Earth are at its closest. Mm -hmm. July 27th of 2018 is mm -hmm. the next. We're not going to make that one. No. And nor are we going to make the one in 2020, but in 2022, it's December 8th. Mm. And I guess NASA was saying 2030, but when I look at the list here, there is no 2030 on the list. And that gives me a bad feeling. Why is NASA so out of sync? Well, but they're 2029. Well, what, my question is this. It takes a fair amount of time to get to Mars, right? What do they think the journey is? Uh, up to six months. After launch, right? So 
then you would want to time it so you left a little bit before Mars got to the closest point, would you not? Yeah, but so if you left here... in March, six months later would be almost I hope they're using an autonomous system that's not in the uh, S and the X right now. <laughs> well, if they do, they'll upgrade it, but like halfway out. <laughs> well, you'll see the list. 2030 is dead center between two of these closest, what they're called, Oppositions. Well, actually, what it says is NASA and President Trump have a set a target of getting human footprints on Mars in the 2030s, not exactly 2030. You're Why are you so on. obsessed with uh, Mars, Robert? Why? Why? I am. I have been studying Mars maps. I have been thinking about Mars, terraforming Mars because of you, Mel. It's all your fault. Thank you. Because you got me interested in this book. Red Mars. My only hope is that both of you just go to Mars. <laughs> well, it could happen. Wow, that was the end of the show. Which why the end of the right. show is going to be around twenty thirty. So the end of be, this show, yeah, actually, this, this very show, episode, this show. yeah, might end. So I got into Red Mars. I read the Stanley book. Robinson, fantastic series. This guy is amazing, prescient. The detail that he goes into would a would, would it would satisfy OC detailing. They're so OCD. He is so OCD about the facts, the details. Of course, his wife is some kind of a chemist. So maybe he's got an inside view on it. Now I'm already halfway through mm -hmm. Green Mars, uh, hot on my way to Blue, Blue Mars. Mars. Are you reading these digitally or are you reading them via the paper that is back? No, they have. I have them in my ear audiobooks. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So no, you're not great. reading. You're listening. Totally recommend. Nice. Media pick. Well, now tell us about us. Uh, Starlink. That's the new David Bowie album, is it not? No. It's SpaceX, and they are oh, going to different. launch a prototype satellite by the end of this year mm. to beam Wi-Fi to those of us on the planet's surface. Oh, my Lord. This and is they, such an amazing, amazing plan. How is this different from the thousands of little tiny satellites that they're doing? I think this is one and the same. It's one so, of them. It's the demo version. Yeah. So this system is called Starlink. This is a 4,425 mini satellite system that will start uh, to bring high-speed internet to the entire planet. Oh, my goodness. Pretty uh, exciting. Start by 2019, full capacity by 2024. They've already put 10 or 20 m up in the last six months. That is incorrect. No, SpaceX. Those are different satellites. That's the Iridium. That's just a, a TV uh, array. Really? Yeah, this. Oh, I thought it was this Way one. Way to pay attention, brother. This Man. one is much closer to the planet. To like you, it's like about 10 feet times. up if you're not careful. <laughs> whack you in the head. Well, it's not going to whack you in the head. No, but it might true. hit Robert every once in a while. And they have to put so many of them out in a net because they're so much lower to the ground because they don't have as wide a spread. They need to send the signal in a, in a narrow spread mm -hmm. so that they can have a very fast back and forth time. This is the future of Wi-Fi, Internet, interconnectivity. This is very exciting. One more thing that makes SpaceX a very valuable company. And this lowness to the Earth, you wouldn't think that it would matter, but the original sort of the huge net and stuff were so far out, their orbits were so far out there that the ping times were really slow. These Despite ping times... Despite the fact that uh, light is fast, ping was slow. These ping times, they're saying, will equal what your cable company will give you right now. So you could literally have Wi-Fi no matter where you are on the planetoid, oh, which means say so goodbye good. to any real vacations because you'll never be able to be like, I was out in the middle of nowhere. I had no connectivity. You Except know what's for even cooler yeah. is that you can do this in an airplane. You can do it in an airplane. Yeah. I and mean, so yeah. 
Next, Falcon launches. We've got a launch coming up October 4th. That's a Falcon 9. It's going to take the Iridium next 30 satellites into space. Ten. Ten satellites. Ten at a time. I'm sorry. The next ten of 30. Correct. In other words, they're going to hit 30 with this Right, one. right, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't. I was just wanted to make sure we were being accurate. They're putting, they put up ten at a time, and this Correct. is the third one. Correct. So we're in the 30s. Correct. And then uh, there's going to be another one October 7th. So in rapid succession, we're going to get closer to that. And we'll talk more. This is when they're going to be transferring or, or transitioning from Launch Complex 39A to Launch Complex 40 or SLC 40. It's going to happen in October. We're going to see where that goes. But Tom. the October 4th launch is a Vandenberg launch. That's the one you're going to. Yeah. yeah. Me and Herberto. Uh, Engadget.com reports that the electric bus has traveled 1,100 miles on a single charge. Now, this is not under usage conditions. This is on a track under perfect conditions, but 1,100 miles on a charge for a bus. That's pretty amazing, boys. Amazing. I hope it stops because I would definitely poo my pants if uh, you go <laughs> a thousand miles. Yeah, no, it's not a thousand it. miles straight. Although buses, you know, this bus is a is a city metro bus. Yeah. But do you know there are two hundred and seventy six of these Proterra buses currently being used in eighteen different states? That's wonderful. I didn't That's think it was more than two seventy five. Two seventy six. Now these buses are expensive. They cost about three quarters of a million dollars. Versus 500000 for a typical diesel bus. The kind that smoke and stink. And... Right. The annual fuel cost for a Proterra bus, about $7,000 versus the annual cost for a diesel bus of $32,000. Maintenance, about $20,000 a year versus, again, $32,000 for a diesel mm. bus. So you can you save a lot of money. So there's a 15-year payback time in the cost difference in the two buses. They're offering municipalities some pretty decent financing. And even with financing, the uh, a yearly cost per bus is cheaper. So cities, if you need a new bus or 100, give Proterra a call. And L.A. just did this. They just did a big order for electric buses. I don't know if it was with Proterra, but it was electric buses, and I don't know who else it could have been. It's going to be pretty awesome. Feel-good story. Yeah. Now it's time for letters. Oh, it's not over yet? Oh, it's not over yet. And before we start with the snail mail, email version of the letters, it turns out we have a Facebook page. Did you guys know that? Do you guys ever go on our Facebook page? I I did like four months ago. I think somebody runs our Facebook page. I don't know who it is, but we've gotten messages on our Facebook page that we have chosen, maybe not chosen, but we've ignored. And so there's a shout out to Sven Westerlin, who sent a few messages through there. Uh, Mia Culpa, we're sorry, Andrew Bell, and many others. Thanks for the Facebook messages. Uh, we do not do a great job of Facebook uh, replying, and we are uh, very, very sorry about this. Uh, as you know, talking Tesla could be a full-time job for one of us, and as it is, it's a part-time job for about six people. It's nice. I'm looking here. The the you know, It's like the last thing that Mel put out was May 16th. Hey, there's a show. I don't <laughs> even know upsetting. if that's May 16th. Yeah, we're good I don't even here. know what Facebook is. <laughs> but we got some actual, at least we're not having a Snapchat page because God knows what would happen if we had one of those. <laughs> we got a really long letter from a uh, very smart gentleman whose name is unpronounceable to me. Alex. <laughs> okay, we'll call him Alex. About lots of different things and uh, about 
kilowatts and kilowatt hours and understanding many things. And I'm actually going to interview him next Monday. So that will be Alex. Thank you. And his point was that we should be the ones trying to unconfuse people and we're not. So I'm excited for this interview. I'm hoping, Mel, that your interview will help me to be able to better explain kilowatt hours, kilowatts. Uh, megawatts, nanoseconds, all of the things that uh, currently flummox my tiny, tiny brain. Yeah, it's uh, terms like kilowatt and kilowatt hour sometimes don't always roll off my tongue as swiftly as I'd like. But I did learn a fun fact from here. Oh, good. He said that it would take 135 Big Macs to fill up my Model S. With what? Like spatially fill up your Model S or in the gas tank? With jewels of electricity. If you look at how many kilocalories, he does Uh a lot of calculating here. Uh Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have to work out what's the range in Big Macs. (laughs) It's 135 Big Big Macs. That's $215 worth of Big Macs. Wow. And so 135 Big Macs will give you about 300 miles of range. That's pretty amazing. So I can, I'm more efficient than that. My word. It's upsetting. <laughs> Marcin Put said, uh, Mel, have you seen this uh, power trailer? So he shows us a picture of Bjorn, who uh, is well-known in Tesla Nation, mm-hmm. um, up there with a solar panel dude who's got this trailer that deploys nine solar panels. It does about 11 kil- It has an 11-kilowatt-hour battery, and it actually has a 22-kilowatt-hour uh, version. You can actually pull this thing around and charge things up. It's kind of cool. It's my zombie apocalypse trailer. Did you order one? No. I tried to go to the the company's website, and it's in another language that I tried to get Google to translate for me, and... It was it's having Swedish. some difficulty. It was having some difficulty, but I I think uh, you should get one. And if I you do, and do then when the zombie apocalypse comes, I'm going to come by your house and take it and pull it in my truck. Charles Schweitzer has a, a nice email here that he goes through sort of a nice review of the factors that affect solar output because people have been asking. We've been talking about you know sizing your solar panels, and he reminds us that yes, there's quite a bit of variance between um, the time of year and how much solar energy you can get and the length of the day and how much clouds there is. So it's not unusual. I've been saying like I get a a third of the amount of uh, solar power on my system in the winter than I do in the summer. It's like that is not unusual once you factor all these things in. So he gives us a link to another really great configurator that you can use to work out the sizing of your system. And the spiel I keep going on is if you want 100% solar all of the time, the whole year, then that means that uh, your system is going to make a lot more electricity in general than you're going to need in the summer unless you're running air conditioners constantly in the summer. Yeah, I want to thank him for the reference to bootlegging solar energy. He sent a link to a YouTube about blockchain technology. Uh, It was an hour and 20 minutes long. Did you watch it, Bachelor? I watched a fair amount of it and kind of got a little bit lost. But what's interesting is that bootlegging is this uh, online technology, which is like an automatic ledger system that is, quote, uncorruptible or people don't actually have access to. It's autonomous. And this is the basis for Bitcoin. That is correct. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It lives everywhere. Chad Oliveri was the uh, gentleman that told us that we'd actually uh, started season two and we didn't realize that because, you know, there's Episode 52 weeks in a year, right. 104, and thanks, there was some math there. Thanks for paying attention, Chad. And uh, Dan McFarlane is talking about uh, investing, and he's talking about green energy tech. Yeah, he mentions uh, an ETF called uh, LIT is its name, and it's been around for since 2010. 
Uh, since then, not such great returns since its inception, but in the last year, it's had pretty good returns. And basically what this is, a single ETF, and it's a whole bunch of stocks in companies that are around the lithium business. There's mining stocks, delivery stocks, lithium thing. So if you want to make a big stock market play in lithium and you want to do it easily, there's this ETF again. Uh, read all your information about it because, again, historically, not such a great uh, ETF in the last year. Gang boosters. Joel Sepp has got a number of things he wants to tell us about. Hi, Joel. But, uh, we, we love Joel. Um, a number of people have uh, commented on the fact that uh, Robert, I think, last week was talking about how we can mitigate the effects of global warming with a variety of scary-sounding technologies. And Joel's one of those pieces that says, go watch Snowpiercer which is about sort of this post-apocalyptic, we tried to manipulate the climate to fix what we did and we made things worse. And uh, we turned it into a giant ice ball. And I remember that movie as being interesting, not very well acted, but an interesting movie. And there are a number of TED Talks about the same kind of thing. One of the ones that really scared me in this TED Talk was, well, we could take sulfur into the high, high atmosphere and that would reflect a lot of sunlight and be cool. It also scares the crap out of me. We can't get our act together to reduce or prevent global warming and we're going to go out there and try and now manipulate an entire climate with this stuff that sounds scary it sounds like a great idea really no that's sarcasm the next uh letter is from a jack and i'm not reading it nice try you tried to do a 13 year old joke on me (laughs) i'm not doing it you still have Yeah. So he wants to know why his Model S weighs more when it's fully charged. How does he know it weighs more? Did he weigh it? Um, So this actually Mm. goes back right to the beginning of Talking Tesla, where I said, if you're putting all this energy into your car and then Mm -hmm. you can go go three miles, surely the energy, the electricity that you're putting in there is going to increase the weight of the car. Because my analogy is, because if I put gas into my car, that increases the weight. And then we had some very smart people say why that's not true, or if it is true, it is an infinitesimal, un, uh, read, un sort of weighable amount of energy. It's tiny. It's not <sighs> a lot. So go back in time <laughs> on the old <laughs> talking Teslas, and you'll find a good explanation from a battery expert. And on talk uh, on Tesla Club Motor Club forum, I actually went and I looked, and I found Winfield One Hundred. Uh, who actually enlightens us. He must be a physicist or mm-hmm. some really smart dude. Enlightens us. And, and actually, other people were proposing how much it was. It turns out that uh, the 85 uh, Model S would weigh 3.4 micrograms less so maybe fully discharged. So maybe Jack has a really, really sensitive scale. <laughs> maybe. Isn't that fascinating, though, that you can put all this energy and go that far? But the mass of that energy is a little bit – has something to do with the fact that at the electron level, uh, there's a lot of energy in there in uh-huh. a small amount of mass. 3.4 micrograms is not a lot. It's not, not a lot in a car that weighs 50 billion tons. Alan Benson says uh, – got a link to this show, which is about the battery slope, and it's called the experience curve. And we've seen a reduction in battery prices by 80% and solar prices by much the same in the last 10 years. And this could occur again. Well, it's occurred with solar, and it looks like it's about to occur with battery technology. As you get better, as you get more manufacturing, as you get smarter, you hit this uh, part of the curve called the experience curve where things become incredibly cheap. For example, remember when a microwave used to cost $1,000? Yeah. Now you can get a microwave for 50 bucks. Yeah. 
It's the same kind of thing that he believes that we're right there on the battery curve. And this is why building a battery factory only to sell batteries maybe isn't the best idea. But if you put these batteries in something that has more value, Mm -hmm. then you can actually make that investment worthwhile. Like a car? Correct. Or a power pack or a power wall or, or a Tesla flashlight. I mean, I don't know. The ideas of battery things are endless. James Ross Harrison has a really interesting link again uh, to Minute Physics, which is about, you know, cutting solar panels. So you take this big thing of uh, silicon, and when you cut it with traditional ways where you cut it, you, there's a lot of loss. Like a, 50%. 50% of it just ends up on the ground and unusable. You know what that's called? Half. The kerf. Yeah. I Not love that word. The kerf? I but thought it's my favorite. That was my word of the week. Yeah, oh, it's I the like thickness it. of the oh, saw. That's the kerf. Right, it's the thickness of the saw as you cut through these long silicone comes in these long bars and they round off the edges a little bit and then they slice through them and every slice takes off as much silicone as the slice. So you're losing half of it. Companies don't buy the really good silicone because of this. Each, and they're less efficient. Each wafer is about 0.15 millimeters. And in the thinner you get the wafer, the more efficient it gets. And mm-hmm. if there was a way of cutting this without all that loss, well, there is, and it's called a particle accelerator. So you shoot these protons mm-hmm. at the silicon wafer, and it sort of lines all up the, the atoms, and then you can cleave it with zero loss in you, theory. You heat Amazing. up those protons, and they... And it just off. pops it off itself. This could be an incredibly efficient way to cut silicon, but the problem is I think that a proton accelerator is expensive. I don't yeah. think it's $6 billion, who, what somebody wrote I here, did. but they're very, very expensive because these guys ordered theirs. Oh. The company that we're talking about, I went to their website, okay. Rayton Solar, and they can get these silicon wafers down to 0.03 yeah. from 0.15, yeah. and... They use the higher quality silicone. So instead of your 17%, and we've talked about a 1% increase in efficiency, your 17%, they have estimates of up to 25% efficiency, which is a big old jump from a potentially smaller, thinner, lighter wafer. Plus, when these things are so thin... Mel can then put them on his roll-up shade that he and, puts on his truck. Right, Thank so you. they can get these protons and they can make these things thinner so they can use the better silicon. And if this works, that's pretty amazing. So Oof. it's got to get to scale. They're looking for investors. So if you want to uh, invest in there, go on their website. Jason Leary says, uh, here's another link to microgrids. And we've been hearing a lot about microgrids. We talked about them last week. This mm-hmm. is where you know Tom puts up his solar panels. He's got more than he needs, so he sells it to me and the rest of the community in these little microgrids. I think it is the future. <laughs> Zaragoza Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Model S Lowrider. Hi, my homies. I'm trying to trade in my Impala for a Model S. We're turning it into a lowrider. Void the warranty. Well, it already rides pretty low, but yeah. if you're talking about like adding the thing low to make it jump rider. and go up and down and stuff like that, that would be pretty awesome. And, and make yes. those Do you know how much yeah, I don't, money I don't know what like that, that is. I don't, I don't think that's what <laughs> so, happens, but bouncing the car would right. be pretty amazing. I'd those, like to see that. Those hydraulic systems can cost like $40,000. Yeah. I, w- I don't know, man. That battery underneath there, you think it could take that kind of like bouncing, torquing, Imagine twisting. Wheels just blowing Is out. the low rider oh, still a thing? It was such a big oh, thing back in the days. It's still a thing. Still yeah. a they thing. still exist, yeah. No, well, they still exist, but it is as is trendy as it used to be. I mean, I don't know, like, trendy. I don't think it was ever mass culture, but, you know, it's probably in the same uh, vein as it was back in the day. Yeah. 
I mean, come meet up with me in the Tesla Club on December 3rd, and we're going to go to the Motor for Toys where there's thousands, thousands. of pimped out and cool looking cars, everything from Bugatti all the way down to little minis, the originals. And you'll see a bunch of lowriders there. <sighs> Paul Hines? This is a Hines? massive pro tip, by the way. Oh, So if you live in a cold area, people have always been concerned about the range of their batteries in the cold area. What Paul does is he, he uh, schedules his charging to finish right when he has to leave. So as you're, you know, you're charging your car, it's, it's warming the battery. It's using energy to, to, to condition the battery, keep it warm, which warmed up. Instead of, say, charging your car in the evening and then it goes, sits there for five or six hours getting cold, 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 and then you turn it on and then it's using energy to warm up the battery. This uses the house energy to warm the battery. So you... You use energy, but you're not using range yes. to keep your battery warm. This Pre is amazing. Preconditioning. Great, great pro tip. And he agrees with uh, using the seat warmers instead of the uh, cabin warming. Uh, Peter Donnelly has an uh, email here that says, by the way, great show. Um, and he was saying, Elon spoke at the last earnings call about the net number of reservations and some cancellations. And he was wondering, do we think there's, as we get closer to configuring, that more and more people are going to cancel? And I think, this is just my opinion, that most people who are going to cancel had their sticker shock and canceled. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of mass cancelings after the configurator goes live. I think they already could. Again, the whole point of the configurator is the configurator is going to open and you're going to be able to configure your $35,000 car. Now, you may not be able to con configure your $35,000 car and get it in the time frame to take advantage of the federal and or state taxes that you may or may not be entitled to. However, you could still buy the $35,000 car. So I agree with you, Mel. I think a lot of people have already canceled. If you've, if you've maintained your position, you'll be able to buy your $35,000 Tesla. I have had the, oh my gosh, this is way more expensive than I'd hoped, and uh, maybe I'm not going to get it. But then you start looking at the pictures, you start reading the reviews, and I'm wondering how many of those people who cancel their reservations are now going... Oh, I wish I hadn't have canceled my reservation. But it's still going to be, yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of that. But again, it's still going to be a, a reach car for a lot of people at the $49,000, sure. $50,000. Sure. I mean, that's a lot of money for a vehicle. Yeah, it's a, as somebody said last week, this is going to be a mass market car. It's just not necessarily a cheap mass market car. William Brown says, save the world over Game of Thrones. So he was taking uh, a little bit of umbrage with me saying, Mel, you're talking about watching Game of Thrones. You need to be watching things like... Uh, earthlings and what the health and this kind of stuff because you know the planet is falling apart and you're watching stupid game of thrones and i say to you that is exactly why i'm watching game of thrones i spend my whole day with existential angst about the planet and what we can do about it i need an hour to go and watch dragons or my head is going to explode Andy Heath has some pictures of an ever-expanding supercharger network. Do you want to tell us about this, Robert? This one's in Flagstaff. I visited this supercharger back in the wintertime. It was a very small one at this nice Marriott, nice little view from there, cold. Flagstaff's pretty high up, you know, it's like a mile high. So getting there can sometimes really sap your battery, especially during the winter cold time. That's why I stopped there. When I stopped, there were like three of the four supercharger slots taken. And I thought, hmm, this is pretty small. Well, Andy's sending us pictures that shows that they have added eight more superchargers. And there you can see them behind the, the stanchion cones and such. And that is great news. High five. Flagstaff has now got a super supercharger. Colonel Abram. 
Abraham says uh, Cornell. Oh, Colonel. <laughs> he's not a. He's a colonel, mate. He's a major. And he says, uh, just doing some math, if you've got these big buses that we just talked about and the size of the batteries on these things, and they're carrying about sort of 6,000 pounds when fully loaded, semi-trailers are not going to go that far because they carry, they haul, they drag 60,000 pounds. <laughs> so if you do the math on that, a five or 600 kilowatt battery in a semi-trailer is only going to go a much shorter distance. That was sort of my rebuttal because he was saying if they can make a bus with a certain size battery, like six, 700 kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. why can't they make a semi that goes many more miles? But mm-hmm. I was putting in here that, you know, a bus holds like 2,800, I'm sorry, 6,200 pounds and a tractor trailer, 60,000, like an order of magnitude more weight. Plus a bus is not driving at at highway speed, right? right? It's using less energy. It's a lot of stop and go, a lot of like slow mileage, so less impact on the driving fast. I think it's the thing that we're most interested. We believe that Tesla can make a beautiful looking uh, semi-trailer. We think they can make uh, one that charges up pretty quick, but we're all still wondering how far is it going to go. It's going to be a bummer if at the event next month, I think it's October 22nd, that they show this beautiful semi-trailer and they go, and it's got the range of a Nissan Leaf. Should we take some wagers on the the range situation? Oh, hello. hello. (laughs) Let's do it. I've got a dollar that says that this thing is going to go 300 130 miles. Ooh. $1 for 330. Robert, would you like to take the next? No, oh, I don't uh, have a dollar. I only have a five. I'll take five to one. That's fine. No, let's make it five. Oh, you're going to give me a dollar? Are you yeah. giving me change? Sweet beans. So, so I, I say 330. Let me write these down. Can I have that pen, please? So I say 330. Tom, what do you say? No, Robert's going next. <laughs> What's the rule? If we're. One over, or is it hey, who's I'm the not, closest? It, it, like, who's the closest? Closest, closest. Regardless closest. of under or over. Okay. Right. Make it fair. And I won't pick, like, one mile and beyond And you know what? It's, this doesn't have to be rocket science, because this is really not very interesting. So hurry the F <laughs> up. I'm trying to remember how far is it from Sparks, Nevada, to Fremont. And I think it was 320 miles. All right. I'm putting it down for 320. I and... say 400 miles. Well, yeah, we need to have a little extra range. I would say 20% over whatever it is from Sparks, Nevada. I'm, I can't go fast enough here. You guys caught me yeah, off the Moving guard. on, Robert. Alex Kimber sent the free UK home charging. Sorry. And he was talking That's about okay. the electric kettles and you can't charge your car and your kettle at the same time. And he was just saying, well, they just need to upgrade their system there. But he shows these beautiful pictures. They've got these smart meters and they tell you how much energy you're using. And on Saturdays, free energy, mate. So what he's doing is he charges up his electric car on Saturday because that's enough range for the whole week. Free energy Saturdays. That would be pretty cool. Ferdinand Niederman sent us a link to what we talked about last week, which is this giant uh, truck retrofit. But thank you for sending it. But we beat you. (laughs) (laughs) Be Mountain. Be Mountain. Be a mountain. Long-time listener. Overdue to be a supporter. (laughs) Um, he says, what? He's going to become a patron. Thank Woo-hoo! you. Be Mountain. He, uh, he's giving me a little pushback because I said that at the Tesla battery swap presentation, mm-hmm. that it was a BMW that they raced the Tesla battery swap against. And it was actually an Audi. Thanks, Be Mountain, for uh, Robert. paying attention. Robert. Sylvan Sherwan. What do they want? Sylvan. What do they want? Sherwan. What does Sylvan want to say to us? He's talking about uh, 
climate change comments, talking about, you know, when will the public finally wake up? I thought it was pretty prescient, a lot of what he says. He says that in 20 years or, no, in 20 years or so, 90% of the new cars sold will be electric. So we'll already have been on the way to turning things around, but it's basically like too late. And uh, he gave us a couple of references to both BBC and Scientific American uh, about basically the inverse of terraforming, or maybe it is terraforming, right? Keeping our terra formed so that we can survive on this planet along with other species. Yeah. I think it was really interesting. Again, it takes me back to the Kim Stanley Robinson Mars series because they do a lot of this and uh, maybe more for comment elsewhere. Doug Ingram, uh, you remember last week, if you go back in time, Oh, God, that's so boring now. Uh, we, I was talking about, you know, zombie apocalypse, and I'd take, you know, a 10 by 10 square foot of panels, and I'd get a certain amount of electricity. And he actually goes into some detail and says, well, it's going to be less than you said, but not a lot less if you've got perfect scenario in the middle of summer. But in the winter, remember, you're going to get a lot less. I said I could get like 50 miles a day. It's like, yeah, but in the winter, with all the factors that we've talked about, you're only going to get about 20 miles of range a day. Right, but it's pretty impressive, though. His calculations are five 350-watt solar panels could potentially, in perfect conditions, get you up to 15.5 kilowatt hours per day mm-hmm. that's a fair amount of range it's yeah. not bad so he basically says uh, my math wasn't too bad and i was doing ballpark and he went very specific but it is a good reminder again in that i was talking about best case scenario and he sort of said yeah in winter is not best case scenario pretty impressive doug has visited 72 superchargers yes. so far. that is a lot yeah that's more than me uh, Daniel Berman sent us uh, a link to the video that we actually talked about, which is from Tesla Radio, which is this in-depth review and video of the Model 3. Go check it out on Tesla Radio. Thanks, Daniel. Nathan Dwyer, Selling Neighbors Solar. So he told me uh, to look at this group in Brooklyn, which we had on a couple shows ago. I still haven't watched the video, though, but it's, it's a cool. neighborhood sharing program for solar energy. And he also recommends Science Friday podcast explaining it. Uh, Are we facing electrical gridlock? I actually have that loaded up in the car ready to go. Um, I also have to say thanks because uh, it's it's guys like you and gals like others that are out there that make me want to do this show, getting these wonderful letters. And the last one that I got, which I just threw in because I got it late last night uh, from a listener in Australia. Oh, Austria. No, Australia. Yeah, it's, Aust- where you're, it's where you're from, Mel. It's not Austria. It's Australia. Uh, okay. This bad. is Brad. He's part of a group that are going to drive from Adelaide and regions thereabouts to the battery installation presentation Ooh, on Friday. The big unveiler. Yes. Mm. A bunch of these guys and gals are very excited. They're going to go through the Claire, mm-hmm. the Eclair. And the offering to bring us firsthand details. Um, I included it here, Mel. Maybe you and uh, Brad can hook up. And he said he even has video experience. Oh, uh, Brad, just we send something it cool to you. Over, we would love to uh, we'd, get a little inside scoopy scoop. Yeah, we'd love to reach out to you. We'd love to interview you after the event, before the event. Uh, we'd love to see the footage. That sounds amazing. Good Are they going to stream this event? I doubt it, but maybe Brad uh, can stream it for us. That would be <laughs> great. We could give him some access to our streaming devices. Ooh, that would be cool. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's two hours. Is it over? This, Did we this, end this it? Ever, and it's not the longest one ever, but it felt like the oh, longest one ever. But we had guests. We, we had guests. We had we had joy. We had pain. 
We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. We shouldn't sing because we suck. Why do you think our listenership has dropped off? Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. All you new Patreons, I'm excited. Let's crush that car. Where we can get car crush, car crush, car crush, car crush. Justin Dave, thanks for fun. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.